Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are looking at a remarkable idea. An idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality. For this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. Michael Deacon, Michael, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon, Michael Deacon. Welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. This is, in fact, a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity, live and direct right now. Not on the TuneIn Radio app, only on YouTube at the moment. For more information, please go to michaeldeacon.com. Now, my guest this evening is Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Now, I feel we are running a few minutes late here, so I think it's only appropriate that we bring him right in. Let's do that now. Richard, are you there? Yes, I uh Yes, I am. <laughs> Sorry. Amazing. How are you, Doctor? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's been quite some time since the What's last... What's that mean? How long ago has it been? It's been about a It's been about a year now. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, but so uh, much has happened. I can, use the, I can use the action. I can use the book sales. A word. And so much has happened since the last time we talked here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see the diary entry I just sent you? Of course. Take a look at that. That's a typical, each day I do some research so I can stay current and talk to people like you at any given moment on any topic. This one's on about the, the earth fence. Um, you wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about everything here with you, but before, <laughs> right, yeah. but before we get into all these great subjects, I thought it would be Somewhat appropriate to go over your background just a bit here, since sure. you're a very fascinating character. I'm uh, 
I'm more than most anyone realizes. I'm an asset uh, to a number of countries. I even have handlers with Putin. I'm current with the U.S. Navy. I'm Navy intelligence. I'm 74 years old. I've been working for the Navy since 1968 when I started the SEAL program. I worked out of anesthesiology. Um, I'm a I'm a physicist. Okay, I'm a uh, uh, anesthesiologist. I've oh got a second doctorate in physics and uh, a different field of physics altogether: plasma physics and resonant cavity oscillators. And I'm also a Jungian psychotherapist. Studied with James Ullman. I'm a polymath. Um, in my uh, high school years, I built a linear accelerator and created particles going faster than the speed of light. Old man DuPont was there for my graduation. I've been working for him and the Navy since. Um, I am a civilian. Navy intelligence means I'm a hired gun. Uh, they don't have anybody like me in the Navy. That's why we rule the, the waves. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was uh, first in 1967, I, I, old man DuPont had come out to Washington State University where I graduated from Pullman, Wazoo, as a physicist. I had built the first plasma jet as my undergraduate thesis. And uh, I was like one of those kind of kids. I went down into the basement one summer, learned how to use a Bridgeport mill so I could make my own jig. Which is insane because... How does someone at such a young age inspire to do so much in terms of what you accomplished at such How a young does age? It, Batman put it, uh, it is not who you are, but what you do that defines who you are. I have us. had a very blessed and rich life with uh, Nobel Prize winning teachers. Shout it out to me. I got to teach with Alan Watts before he died. I studied with Timothy Leary. Yeah. I uh, am... Uh, Grumpy old man. <laughs> Love that. There. Done that. I was SEAL Team 1. I ran, uh, I was team leader and trained SEAL Teams 2 and 3. Then the program changed. At the time I did it, we were called SEAL Corp out of Amherst. Now, regarding that, so what happened was Putin developed a handler to reach outreach to Matt Stein and I. And, uh, uh, why? I don't know why. Wait He's the one that got us interested in hold, sustainable lifeboats. Yeah, hold on one moment here. Let's tell the audience a little bit about Matt Stein. Remind them that he did pass away recently. And yeah. ironically enough, this was his last interview. And the name of the program is called End of Days, which is pretty creepy. Well, Matt was, uh, he was MIT like I was. I went to MIT also. I'm uh, older. Uh, Matt. Uh, was more linear, and what I brought was the broader dimensions of of the whole big picture. And that's what I've done for the military all these years. I can tell you candidly, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got some concerns, you know, and I have some belief systems that I think because of the evidence. I saw this last summer uh, my, my bunker has access to uh, a satellite that has infrared. And so I uh, saw two lava strikes in the Northern Territories in BC during this last. Hello. Can Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Absolutely. What I, happened? I have no clue what happened. 
Okay, so guess welcome to my world. <laughs> that was really uh um, No 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 was no, really no, weird. No. It isn't like I'm a spook. What I am is a nerd. And there are a lot of people that want to know what I'm doing. And I try to remain as transparent as I possibly can. Encryption isn't gonna work. And we have all kinds of Alabama ticks and turkey flies everywhere, you know, wanting to mess it up. Whether it's with intent, random, <laughs> you'll never know. That was really because, weird. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all, all the, all of whatever you can imagine uh, going on. Well, I had everything set just fine and the audio cut off on Skype and it restarted and the sound started playing again and the audio that uh, gets fed through this program called Streamlabs, which is how YouTube, the live audience can hear my voice right now. That feed for some reason uh, was not working for a moment. Google AIs, listen, man. You know, the, as weird as hell. the guy that owns that in up in Abbotsford, the D wave technology, they had a seminar last month and the owner of that, uh, came out and said, uh, that he was majorly concerned. You want to think about us being invaded by aliens? You know, a good place to start is AIs. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. Really well, weird. there's all kinds of things going on. Who knows? It's probably an atmospheric. There is that also. What I was so, trying to, know. what what I was trying to tell you earlier before I got caught uh, got caught off here, I was trying to say one of the key vital features about you, Doctor, is that you're also a magician which is something you don't really reveal too much. Imagine that. Well, that's the new direction in physics. That is um, the study of altered states of consciousness as tools in the toolbox. And, you know, I have seen in the studies I did for the military a woman rip a car door off to save her daughter in a flaming automobile. And the problem is... It's not adrenaline, because adrenaline didn't make the bone in her body stronger than steel. So how does that work? That's where we're now realizing that there are different altered states where the laws of physics are different. And when you're here, your ability and guessing is 400 times over statistical inference. And when you're there, you can have the strength of 10 like a termite. Now, these states are gifts, and why the new directions in medicine are including pharmaceutical mushrooms. The idea of healing on a more spiritual level, and it proliferates down into the physical with, uh, you know, what is that called? Uh, Laser main. <laughs> now, so magic absolutely is the new direction in advanced physics, and magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. Oh yes. You go yeah, you and what you need to do is map out all these different places. Once you map it out, you find out in this place over here you can do this, and in this place over there you can do that. Let me give you an example. Supposing you're angry, what are you gonna do with that creepy emotion? Well, a good tool is to containerize it and wash a floor. You can clean a floor with anger better than anything else. And with that said, these are blessings in a toolbox. And the study, the new directions in physics, is how to determine where one starts and the other ends. 
They've talked about cosmic consciousness and different states of consciousness on ayahuasca, on using dimethyltryptamine. You know, lysergic acid amide is the neurotransmitter. It's aha when you connect one dot with another. Now imagine you can do that at will, which means connecting dots is arbitrary. Yes. And Once you do that, now you can change the movie. Oh, yes. And we're going to get into that, right? <laughs> yeah, now you're getting the big picture. Oh, yes. We're now gonna... you see why the military uses me. Oh, I yeah. am like um, a lead scout. I'm not – I'm writing my book for you to write yours. This is an important concept I'm giving you right now. There is a difference between study and learn. You don't learn how to do something. You study it. Because then you integrate it and make it your own. And each one of us is unique in that regard. I agree. And I was going to tag uh, that with just the fact that you do have a workbook, Power Tools for the 21st Century, that I thought was superb. It's a great Well, those book. are the eight protocols to take a Navy diver, whatever, and turn him into a Superman. We didn't call them supermen back then. That's a newer term that came in around the 90s when the Russians and the Army wanted to have goats that they stared at. But uh, I'll tell you, it was Navy first. I was doing this in the early 70s at Stanford Research Institute, China Lake, and Argonne. And, our, and Livermore, you, you know, when you have JPL down there, I mean, that's Jack uh, Parsons. And I am the physicist. Did not blow myself up. Right. And is this where you ran along with Timothy Leary in those days? Oh, that's a long story. Um, how that first happened was in 1964 when I was 20 years old and I was at Washington State University, undergraduate, sophomore in physics. Timothy Leary was part of a program at Harvard to determine whether or not giving LSD to a genius would change reality. And they had a list of them. That Jack Sarfati, there were a list of us. I was one of them. He came all the way out to Seattle, talked to my mom, then went to Pullman and did a little talk and all of that, and talked to Professor Riggins, my teacher, my lead. Never heard of it. And uh, took me up to uh, Deception Pass, I met uh, Hurricane Ridge looking 2,000 feet down into the water. I'm blown out of my mind. This is 1964. No concept at all of ever getting high. And here I am. And he leaned over. He said, wouldn't it be neat to jump? And what happened to me next is that I discovered all the Suxley's doors of perception, all slamming shut in my mind. I didn't want to hear this. I didn't want to do that. And what I came to realize at that single moment was how vast more inner space is to outer space. And our millions of light years and thousands of galaxies and all the rest of it. Yes. The mind is uh, mm -hmm. way more than any of us have any concept at all. And all of our wounds uh, that's what most of us come from, a place of wound. You know, like, Georgie left me, and I'm going to go commit suicide. I'm so far. <laughs> you know, th those wounds, yes. those wounds are tools that make you unique from me. And if you learn how to containerize those wounds, they now become tools in a toolbox where you can do something I can't. 
Understood. And one random question I had for you was the simple fact that Leary had his ashes sent to uh, space. Would you, <laughs> would you ever do the same? I don't. <laughs> no. At the moment, and the moment just after death, just right at that very moment, last breath out, there is a five gram weight loss in the body for everybody. What is that? We believe now, and the writings I'm doing and the study I'm doing on time travel, uh, that this has to do with structured water inside a microtubule on the surface or off the surface of the body. It's had many names in history. We'll call it chi. It's uh, a microtubule that Hammeroff and others would talk about down out of Tucson. Uh, you can look up and get into that uh, own thing where, uh, you know, it's smaller resonant cavity oscillations. People are seeking comfort and things like that. Oh, concepts of the universe. I have a completely different one and think that there is a, such a thing as a multiverse. The math that I'm using on that, by the way, for any of you that want to go down into a deeper rabbit hole, would be Kaufman and not theory. Now, this is all being studied in places like MIT right at this moment. I try to stay current because I'm a lead scout, and I know, I don't know, I studied Hermetic Kabbalism in 1967 when I came out of grad school. What happened to me was I got assaulted by weird lodges, a bohemian growth, whatever. I had no idea what was going on. It's Just funny like you being that. a teenager <laughs> with Christianity and, uh, you know, going to Africa. Yeah, let, let's, 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 uh, hold the story there. Um, in your early childhood, if I can remember, and I know we never really discussed this, from some of the things I read, your mother was a psychic. Mom and Grandma worked for the Seattle Police Department. My grandmother was the German roller canary woman that did the Birdman of Alcatraz, uh, Robert Stroud. She was raising uh, songbirds, and he came up with a cure, and uh, that was my grandma. My grandma and uh, uh, mom were studied in the 30s by Duke University, mm. and they were real famous psychics. They found bodies for the Seattle Police Department, that kind of thing. Crazy. Um, yeah, and so I got tested in the 50s uh, when I was in, you know, um, junior high and things like that to see if I, it was hereditary. It's not. Uh, what I tested very high. My sister did not. The study itself concluded that it was not hereditary. And the reason it's not is that we all have it, every single one of us. Right. And we are trained from birth to ignore it. Yeah. And by the way, do you have any recollection of anything that stuck out in your mind in terms of her psychic ability when you were just a toddler? I remember I was 10 years old in bed. I was just starting to fall asleep going down into sleep. And I was all of a sudden in uh, the body of an seagull watching a ship go down with sailors going overboard to try to save themselves. And two of them I saw from the seagull made it to land. And I woke up, told my father, it was a shipwreck out in the Aleutians, and they thought they'd lost everybody, and they discovered those two people just from my thing. I asked my dad, how's that work? And he said, well, it's like radio waves. You know, oh, yeah. you sit there and you get in the right state of consciousness, hypnopopnic, hypnagognic, 
going down in or out of sleep. And there are, by the way, different kinds of sleep states. So they're all different. And each one does something different. And when you start to do the geomapping on that, that's when you become self-realized. And that's only halfway to God. Yes. And knowing all these things at such an early age, was religion something that was mentioned to you at all or pushed upon you by either mom, dad, or a relative? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. My parents were atheists, and uh, they didn't believe in God. But what they did do mm-hmm. is they sent me to uh, German catechism, uh, uh, Lutheran, Missouri Synod Lutheran, to armor me. And uh, it served me well. Yeah, say age 16 when I got cornered by some minister trying to do uh, ministries in Africa. Pushed me in a corner and started bullying me. And I was, it was my foundation. I have now come to realize that there are probably as many religions as there are human beings. You go to church for fellowship to reinforce a belief system. You try to find people around you that have a similar belief system. Belief systems turn out to be arbitrary. That was one of the protocols I trained SEALs, how to change a belief like you would a pair of clothing. You do not necessarily have to get rid of that belief, but you know, like Jesus Christ, whatever, because it's very comfortable, but it's absolutely arbitrary. If you'd been born in Afghanistan, you would not be a Christian. Well, of course not. Well, then there Definitely it is. Not. And so, uh, then there it is. And so now that belief becomes a tool in a toolbox. And I'm going to remind you on the importance of worldviews, however, because a Buddhist can be a Christian, or a Christian cannot be a Buddhist. <laughs> Worldviews open and close certain doors. I'm wondering now how, how eventually you found your way into becoming a member of the OTO. Oh, well. <laughs> How'd that happen? I started, I started with uh, 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 Otter, <laughs> you know, uh, Tim Zell. Uh, ah. Church of All Worlds, Neil Pagan. Yeah. And, uh, then I met Carl Wachowski at Llewellyn and got into Coven Camelot, Star of the North. And then I met Phyllis Sheckler and Mildred Burlingame and Helen Parsons Smith. And by 1972, was writing uh, documents for uh, in the continuum, the College of Thelema. And uh, the very first uh, one... Uh, the first issues, uh, the first ten issues, I have major articles. I, Grady in OTO, uh, gave me publication in Class B. That I'm the only other person in history, besides Crowley, to be able to write on that level. And that's what I do as a scientist. And uh, science doesn't have the answers any more than religion. In fact, you could say it like an hourglass in your brain. You have two brains. It's um, not bicameral. It's more like uh, a cavitation, like an hourglass. you got religion and science, and you have Malcolm somewhere in the middle there and uh, the moment. It isn't this or that. It's something in between, and it's a collection of these two kinds of worlds, which are like a membrane where a drop of water falls and hits a pool of water. When it goes into the pool, it pops back up. It is no longer a drop of water. It is a bubble, cavitation bubble. And this is how time works. And we're now understanding these concepts and how 
we might integrate them into the use of consciousness to change movies. That's what I'm writing about right now. I used to talk about controlling autonomic functions using biofeedback, heart rate, pulse, respiration, or, you know, interrogation, whatever. Now I am studying how to release specific neurotransmitters at will. You can do this. You can do the chill on your body, on your, on, on, that goes down and up, up and down your body. <laughs> that chill is dimethyltryptamine along the spinal column. And if you do it correctly, Robert O. Becker and I did some papers on how to regenerate nerve tissue in the neural cavity. So your third eye, you know, pineal gland, what else? There, all of these things are tools that we are only just now realizing. Just tapping into. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gifts from God. You know, it's fascinating because you did bring up, uh, MIT and I did have just a, a few things to mention with you about that. But before we jump into all that, you know, there's so much to get into here with you before, <laughs> before we jump into that subject here, but of into course, the out of, into the abyss, yeah. into the out of or into, yeah, or into the out of. And of course, interesting enough, China landed on the far side of the moon. And as you know, they, conducted experiments and they try to grow a con plant amongst other things, but they all died. And I kept thinking if the Chinese only knew about you, doctor, those results. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, in that, that crash spacecraft on the dark side of the moon, it's probably Buddhist. You know, they talk about the Buddhist technology. I have watched uh, Tibetan Buddhists use these big long horns. They go, and and when they do like thirteen of them in a certain specific geometry, they compress the air and it lifts stone using sound. Really? Find that on the internet. The um, that's what I'm interested in: the how to use our minds a little bit differently than we have been where it's been mostly governed by fear. I'm with you on that one. Definitely with I'm, you on that one. I'm not advocating drugs. Drugs are a shortcut to grandma's house, which uh, means they're big bad wolves, addiction, whatever. Uh, the distinction between addiction and a tool is a very fine line of gray. It really is, and now that you've mentioned that, of course, you were featured in High Times. That's something we always talk about once you're here, because I think that was an incredible article they did on you. And that was a long time ago. That was a long oh, time ago. On the moon. That's my first job. I was working with Lunar Base Alpha One uh, with a Boeing company, Growing Pot, under Art Pilgrim. He did all the hydroponic systems. Today, 45 years later, I'm working now with vertical aquaculture and LED lighting, working polyploid germplasm. Wild stuff. Well, <laughs> elixir vitae, that's what Ming <laughs> called it. Where are my weirgens when I need them? There is something to be said about CBDs now over opiates. There is absolutely no question that we have better ways of doing things uh, with chemistry. And uh, opiates is a terrible uh, uh, neurotransmitter. It is echothalians and, and endorphins. Uh, how did they put it in postcards from the edge? Where are my endolphins when I need them? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That was an excellent movie. That's what we're talking about for pain. Uh, now they're discovering the Tylenol is dangerous for children. Yeah, I always figured that that's probably not the healthiest thing to take. 
especially well, over time. aspirin, you know, acetosalicylic acid can be found in aspen leaf and aspen bark. The distinctional difference between doing what we call targeted chemistries, which is German, uh, you know, like we're going to go for acetosalicylic acid, we forget the buffers that are side chemistries in the same plant. That's why aspen leaf and aspen bark is what we call full spectrum. You get other chemistries that enhance or neutralize uh, specifics with the human body. I find it interesting that you can find one of the more complex neurotransmitters, dimethyltryptamine, uh, in the most commonest of plants. In a blade of grass, you could... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's like a delivery system from God. Chemistry is a totally different level of mathematics. And uh, I believe that this is why we're now studying altered states in physics as an advanced form of physics. Yeah, it's all coming together in one random question. Are you still uh, growing any any of those beautiful <laughs> ladies out there? <laughs> Oregon, get a grip, man. What do you think I've been doing this for 30 years? Of course I'm growing my own. Of I grow my own herbal pharmacy. You know, <laughs> when the grid collapses, where are you going to get your blood thinner? That's true. And, and you don't want to use warfarin as a uh, rat poison. No, of course do? not. You can use pharmaceutical mushrooms that have, uh, what is that? It's a, it's an enzyme, uh, uh, cloitinase. It's nitinase and cloitinase, which uh, I used on my last hip surgery. I have titanium, by the way, in every single limb in my body. I have seen my tours as a Navy SEAL. Oh, yes. And I make a lot of noise when I go through airports, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Doc, are, by the way, Doc, are you still lighting up? Uh, I've got one right here. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, are you, are you still preferring sativas or are you still with the indicas? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, so that's, uh, Denzel Washington and a man on fire. When you're inflamed, you are closer to purpose and your reason for being here. And here's a secret that nobody has talked about yet. When you're doing purpose, an AI can't predict what you're doing. It only works from wounding. That means it, an AI right now is being deployed in Chicago to predict future crimes 28 minutes before they occur based on wounding. Once you get a grip and evolve to the next level of taking that wound and making it a tool. An AI can't go there because you're transparent. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're not what Alistair Crowley would say. You're doing your true will. You're not in conflict with anything. It's called the flow. Yes. And amongst other things that people have been wanting me to mention here on the program, and they want your opinion on this, in terms of technology, uh, 5G technology is something people have been talking about nonstop. Do you have any thoughts and opinions uh, yes, on that? Yes, I do. Well, that's that paper. There it is, the Earth Fence. It's using 5G. Uh, that is toxic. Uh, the Paradise Fires was a, uh, a bunch of smart meters uh, going ballistic like they can, and that's why PG&E, uh, claim no contest and are now going to court for murder. There will be individuals doing hard time for murder using 5G technology. 
And that's out of paradise. And so what's happening now everywhere, uh, just happened in Curry County here in, in Oregon. The smaller towns like Kutati are now, uh, outlawing it. Absolutely not allowed in their community period. End of story. 5G is an end game weapon and I can run it down exactly how it works. It's, uh, once 5G, a smart meter is on your box. They no longer need law enforcement. They can use an AI to target someone specific in your household. They have your DNA and identification from your garbage. And now they can target individuals. And they beta tested the, uh, uh, the drug part of it, working with, uh, uh, anti-psychotics in prisons. Prisons used to be, uh, totally into opiates. And now all of your prisons are into antipsychotics. And this was the beta test on antipsychotics. Then they gave those to kids in high school. And then one out of five was unstable. You have a handler. Wow. Comes a second shooter, taps them with scopolamine, puts voices in their head, 5G technology. And now you have a weapon. That's a very dangerous drug for those that didn't catch that. I'm on this. I've written about it. I, you know, that's what I do for the military. I, I, uh, I was part of the 5G studies with synthetic telepathy back in the 70s. I ended up going to Broom Lake for a small tour. I went down to Level 8 and met Krill. And I couldn't understand how this entity could talk to me in my head. It turns out the temporal lobes in your brain are subject to 5G. It's actually 0.3 to 3 gigahertz. It causes them to heat and ring. And then you can heterodyne voices onto the carrier wave and be able to hear voices inside your head. Good Lord. And you can do that subconsciously or subliminally, so it's like you're talking to yourself. and You're not sure where your thoughts are coming from. Yeah, that's pretty wild stuff. I have well, been... it's the next stages in Travisock. And, of course, this is techno. You you don't think they're going to ignore it. You know, they, it's like a dog licking its balls. Why would it <laughs> do that? Well, because it can. You know, that's the first thing. You immediately, how did Merlin put it? Anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. You put a smart meter on every home. How many people are antipsychotics in your neighborhood? There's your law enforcement. There's your weapons. They don't need National Guard anymore. They use a smart meter delivery system. I am very concerned. I'm outspoken on it in this earth. Look at that. It looks like something out of, uh, what's that, uh, Quill Man, that, uh, uh I, I forget what they call those movies where he was pincushioned. Man, he's got pins in his face. Hellblazer. There it is. It's right out of the movies. They're going to do the earth like that. There's nobody. It seems like that. Right now, I don't bother using encryption with my level of entry because uh, everything's hackable. Oh, there's there's nothing safe online. And by the way, I just wanted to quickly tag on to the whole 5G thing. I did randomly see some article about the new 5G LED street lamps that were were, were causing nosebleeds and and insomnia and cancer. It has an LD50 ratio. That means with certain levels of exposure, 50% of the population dies. LD50. Lethal dose 50. That's what LD50 means. And you know... Uh, uh, we were using that as a weapon back in the 70s. That's how the first Bush went in. 
Remember when the first Bush went into Iraq and there were two or three GIs standing out there with a weapon and there was a big stock of weapons as the Syrians are coming out of the, I mean, the Iraq was coming out of the, out of the potholes and it'd be two or three hundred of them. Mind control. That's called Commander Solo. And you can look that up on the internet. Commander Solo is a single aircraft that is the first ordnance deployed. And uh, this technology has been around 30 years. It is well known. And Branch Davidians, they use horns, microwave for crowd dispersal. Oh, yes. The uh, long-range yeah. acoustic um, yeah, well, device. Uh, infrasound is a French weapon. That's where they set up standing waves on the heart. But, uh, you know, going into the microwave bandwidth is quantum mechanical. There's no screening. Yeah, that you shit can't can. be good. Yeah, that shit cannot be good for you. Well, Dr. Beale is the individual that does dosimetry studies on uh, biological processes. When I was in anesthesiology, I built an aortic catheter. I used 10 megahertz as a Doppler transducer to shoot out in the catheter to determine the velocity of blood. I then used 28 megahertz as pulse echo off the aortic wall. And uh, each organ in your body has a bandwidth of, of frequencies that it will respond to that are either opaque or transparent. And when it's opaque, there's reflection, there's biological amplification, and there is subsets of information being passed on. And you start understanding that level of communication in the body, that's how your gut works. It's like mycorrhizae in the soil. A mother tree knows there's a fire and it sends out a network through all series of resonant cavity oscillators, starting with viruses and mold, moving up into bacteria and small organisms, you know, H. pylori, whatever. There's all these different things I have a function in how you move into space and time because the gut is outside space-time. Your upper brain, the one you associate with the mind, is there as a tool to make all your beliefs true. Works a logic thing down so that if you wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it. It all starts with your belief systems, the shortest distance between two points. I can, for example, with just suggesting that space is curved, which it is, we have large arguments on that, using specific mathematics, I can prove the Earth's flat. It's not. It's actually both, just like the good Reverend Jackson. Is the fence white or brown? Correct answer, I said, is yes. It's all of it. Anything you could imagine in your mind's eye is true and even more. Welcome to the 21st century. My goodness. And we, that's the five space, you know, sliders, timelines, mandala. All of it is uh, open play. Now, how do you navigate that kind of a universe, you need a reference point. That's why all systems of magic, starting with Dion Fortune, if anybody's going to get into this, the first book you read is Psychic Self-Defense. You're going to be dealing with critters and concepts that are chiggers. <laughs> They'll dig into you, and there you go. Wounding. I uh, My latest writing, check this title out, The Magical... Ritual use of metaphor. 
archetypal gods in daily living. Each storyboard you have going, you and me, we probably each have five to ten different things going on at the same time, complex. Right. And that, yeah, well, each one has an ending. Is that how you want the whole the story to end? If you don't, changing that story is what is called pathworking. And that's how one navigates the worlds of magic. Yes, it's very, very fascinating. A lot of the stuff that you have been up to, Doctor, for, for all these years, really. Well, I'm a leech god. I, I'm a, there'll be chiggers and cow pies over there. But on those cow pies, cow, cow pies there's some mushrooms growing too. Modern it's everything there. has a good, a bad, and an evil to it. Everything. Are you still also consuming uh, the psilocybin? No, I I no longer need to do that. I did that in the early, early 70s when I wrote Magical Mushroom Handbook for High Times. Today, I'm working with pharmaceutical mushrooms. Right now, there's a brain mushroom, uh, polyphorus. Uh, you've got turkey tail, uh, shiitake, matsutake, you know, coming out right now. Oh, and the psilocybin around. That's amazing. So yeah. Yeah, the last time I took... um. Mushrooms was a couple years back. Not they are back. basically, when you do that, you're performing an act of magic, and which means set and setting. And you need to be able to assimilate that in diary entry so that it wasn't just a waste of time. It actually was a tool that moved you from here to there. And most people don't get it. They usually... the Larry said the Buddhists had four reasons for getting high, and only one was for recreation and escape. There are other reasons to explore these universes besides escape and recreation. You know, like I'm going to watch Travelers on Netflix and see what that's all about. Understood, yeah. The only times I've ever done it was for the name of science, and I've also ate them uh, before doing this program, actually, to be honest with you. That's interesting. But I didn't, I, I didn't need a high that's dosage. That's kind of risky. I, who knows well, what's going to happen? You know, Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Natural used to kick Susie cream cheese around in the books I read, Zap Comics. So <laughs> it was a fun time. I collect comics, by the way. And I am now being billed at comic conventions as the real Doctor Strange. I can tell you I am exploring when I'm doing sustainable lifeboats and habitats. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting it. Uh, it's, uh, there's something more going on here. And, uh, black goo, uh, self-organizing. That's the definition of what life is. I actually refer to you as the real Doc Brown and the real life Yoda. Yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. My gun you may have after I give you my bullets. I will. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never say surrender. Never. That was Galaxy Quest, another one I loved. Uh, I, I know. I, I, I like to bring back the imaging in your mind's eye because if I can get there with you and my communication, I've, I've, you know, what net now it's yours. And that's where it's at. It's not my words. It's not the concepts. It's the ability to, uh, create, uh, something sacred. Going from the profane into the sacred, it becomes timeless. That's uh, a real, that's where you're on fire, a man on fire, inflamed. 
is what Crowley called that. Where what you're doing is so exciting. You know, how could you not do it? Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> by the exactly. way, yeah. By the way, when before we even started the program, we mentioned Matt Stein. Yes. And his work always revolved around EMPs and when technology yeah, fails. Grid down. Yeah, his was mm-hmm. uh, the grid down situation. That is, Matt uh, always felt that if we had a major EMP strike, it would be three years before we could replace the, the things. I have uh, workbook two. Uh, has Matt's article on that in there in the appendix. I think he's right. Well, yeah, Matt was. Yeah, I think he's uh, right. A really bright engineer. I mean, he's really, very smart. Really smart and guy. Yeah. His books are masterpieces on uh, when technology fails, when disaster strikes. Matt's works are coupled with mine. What we started doing is putting these bunkers in all in every state. I'm now known as the postman. I use postman as one of my Gmail things in communicating using proton mail. Just because I'm uh, uh, bringing the network to, I've got down in, uh, uh, in uh, the one, one missile silo. There's an old Nike missile silo that we converted with about 12 families and they have hydroponic gardens going all the way down, falling down into the missile silo, and then their garden is up on top on the surface. Um, then we go up into Sandpoint, Idaho, and uh, that, by the way, that's in Arapaho. Uh, and Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island uh, has a group of unity churches. They're a metaphysical church that goes on in all across Canada, and they have... Uh, they're all their memberships now are putting in bunkers all through BC and Vancouver Island. I don't know how safe some of these places are because with the plate shifting, I think that everything from I-5 west is history. There's maps uh, that you can look for on uh, future map of America. Uh, the one the military, the Navy uses is um, Chet Snow. Uh, uh, there are others, Scallion, others, uh, Edgar Casey, others that have done, uh, what the future of the Americas. I'm concerned mostly now about the New Madrid fault line in the center of the United States. Don't remind me. I'm, I'm below sea level out here. <laughs> there are 21 Daiichi like GE reactors on that fault line and they're all leaking. Ah, uh, yeah. It's and so, it's a, disa- you know, it's a, it's a disaster. Gamer. It's a disaster waiting to happen. And well, yeah, and of that's course, why yeah, yeah. Switching off, you know, the the one in Hanford is leaking into the Columbia River. It's showing radiation in the fish all the way down to San Francisco in the tuna. They're pulling out. It's not from Fukushima. And Three Mile Island was uh, warning uh, Chernobyl. Uh, Indian Point is leaking in the Hudson down in Florida. They're all. Leaking now. Yeah, they're all leaking. And, uh, look at a map on how many of them are on the East Coast right now. And if we go through another mini ice age, like we are, oh, we are, in a sense, a day after tomorrow with a reboot. Uh, now, you know, Matt's work's become extremely important. And you don't have to go backwards and do things the way Grandpa did. But 
here in Oregon, I have an air type down in my basement. I have a four-bedroom home, and I've got that cherry red, and it just heats the whole house up, and I, my heat bill is considerably less. There are things you can do. California, I'm very concerned. Me too. Um, yeah, I think that what's about to happen is that uh, the United States is going to give California to China and uh, I, I, in the next four years. It's and possible. Moonbeam, your governor, I mean, all of it is kind of creepy. And what happened to Paradise, they are not allowing anyone to go in there and rebuild. By the way, I just want to quickly remind everyone that there are perhaps 104 nuclear reactors in the U.S., so we have a problem. A disaster is just waiting to happen, like Chernobyl. Yeah, and and we need to be addressing these issues, and we're not. What we're doing is distractions regarding money and yellow jackets, and you know whatever. But, uh, There's a lot going on. It, there really is. It's really fascinating, not only in terms of the political spectrum, but just the environment as well. Uh, the last couple of days, I've been talking a lot about the environment. And well, we know that, so. that something's going to happen. How does it go? Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah. For reals, it really is going to be a bumpy ride. And it's so, so far in 2019, it's been a rough ride, I have to say. Nobody has any money. Nobody has the resources and wherewithal. And now, why would you want to go to Mexico? You know, it's run by a bunch of bandits. I mean, you know, your possibility in Ecuador or wherever, uh, going into another country, yeah, ugly Americans. Yeah, there's corruption all over the place. Well, we, my opinion, we got hijacked two presidents back, and Trump is a wild card that uh, I, I I don't I support him in that he's a nationalist. I don't know what a Republican or a Democrat is anymore. I remember the look on my father's face when he realized he was no longer a Republican, and uh, and yet I haven't figured out of the 36 genders. Uh, in the Democratic thing, the Democrats advocate violence. That's crazy. They never did that. They're different. It's more likely like globalists and nationalists. It's and really so my, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to run my own maritime law, you know? Yeah, there's a lot to say about everything that's going on around the world and here domestically as well. The country is divided, no doubt. And a lot of it rings back to what a Russian was saying, uh, Dmitry, uh, I'm forgetting his last name now, but he was supposed to come out here and do some work with uh, NASA, but he canceled his trip out here because he said America was in a civil war. It's something else is going on with Agenda 21, yes. Um, when the news reports anything, any of us, uh, how much is true? How much is speculation? How much is, uh, uh, em, you know, embalming? <laughs> uh, like when Las Vegas happened, uh, it was a gun running operation that went sideways, but then in, interest groups said, we have an opportunity. Let's oh, get a body way. count up and we can go for another, uh, six miles. By the way, that was, uh, Dmitry, uh, Rogozin. That's, yes. yeah, the Russian politician for Roscosmos. So Russia Today uh, news reporting is uh, 
got shills in it just like Fox News does. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard. It's really hard to determine who exactly is being honest and delivering <laughs> the news uh, accurately. Really, again, I, I say this every show. The but real truth. Journalism is found inside yourself. Journalism. You want to know dirty. what's going on? How do you feel about it? And that's where the truth is. And the thing is, it's different for each of us. And that's what it makes us. The diversity of man is our choice. The concept of uh, supposedly uh, having free will. We don't have free will. Well, that's uh, that's a, that's because, a, well, that would mean we had full disclosure. We right. Don't. It's just the fact that being an individual in the 21st century is looked down upon. Everybody wants you to be a part of a group, and no longer uh, are you encouraged to be an individual. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, the idea that one size fits all. Uh, I've seen that nonsense in medicine. You know, they, and they get over a certain age and their blood pressure is supposed to be here or we're going to have to put you on meds. And that has to do with social security and the way of getting into your wallet, uh, with Medicare and government programs. Nothing is real anymore. What you need to do is find individuals that have similar belief systems and, and goals that you do, and it will be those neighbors that save your life. And that, wherever you are, you start with your neighbors. And I know my, where I live, they're all criminals. They've all been doing marijuana before it was legal. You know? <laughs> they're all criminals. Well, you know, what's a criminal? And what's the difference between an addiction and a tool? The ability to use something like that. There are ways with breath control where your boxing becomes paranormal. That was one of the techniques I trained seals with breath control because uh, you could make your movement appear as Tai Chi. In fact, you were doing Hungar. It's uh, with, you know, your perception of time as an altered state. Yeah, that's a Buddhist All of these technique. different states are gifts. Right, that's a, you're utilizing a Buddhist technique there. Well, they're Upanishads. They, they, they were before Buddhism, trust me. Hindu, whatever. The Upanishads, uh, yes, Buddhist technology was pretty advanced. That's why they moved up into the Himalayas to be closer to God, uh, you know, as a metaphor. Uh, you know, isolation and using sex energy as a movement of taking psyche into matter. And the ability to do that where you could reach into consciousness and change the movie. That's uh, uh, where we're going as a civilization. And the bad news is we've been here before. We've been beyond this place. And the Clovis, which later became Hopi and you know the Inuit and all of that, they crawled out of a cave. And by the way, in terms of the article that you, well, I wouldn't say recently put out, but it's one that you did send me about the Mandela effect. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, tell that me about that. That is the illusion of reality. That's a that's three of ten parts of chapter seven. It's a long article. It's a very long article, and you even mention uh, Elon Musk here in this article. Well, that article is only three parts of ten parts, and ten parts. It's chapter 7, titled Time Travel and the True Nature of Cavitation. 
Yes, and you also. I'm writing. Yes, I'm writing books. Yeah, I'm crazy. I yeah. Some good writing, actually. I uh, have article. been doing that for a long, long time, organizing my thoughts with a unique way of saying it, so that it was accessible in your mind's eye. And remember the distinction between study and learning something. You learn. Uh, it's it's you're you're not integrating. Integration is that you study something and then integrate it into your own program, make it yours. And that's what is where we're all going, learning how to study. <laughs> Amazing. And, of course, you do mention consciousness in this article as well. I thought we could perhaps talk a little bit about that now since we hey, are. Where you want to go? You bet. I'm good. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious how you feel about consciousness if you believe if it both exist in and outside of the body in real time. You know, my girlfriend lost her dog, and he is gone. He's dead. And yet she will be in a kitchen and hear his dog tags as he walks by her. And when that happens, her brain goes into a specific hologram, which is a, a type of time travel where the dog is right there, right now, talking to her. When he died, she took his breath in. That's how you bond with uh, yourself. That's how you have genetic memory. That's how the Dalai Lama does it. That's how the, uh, the, uh, the golden child did it. Has memory of past lives. It is a way of accessing the chi, which is just on the surface of the skin. We used to call it piranha. Uh, it's had many names. And that's uh, another chapter in the non-local mind called the Omega Principle, the energy that patterns randomness. Amazing. Truly. And, of course, Doctor, I'm curious what you think of the afterlife. This is something we've never really discussed too much here on the program in, ter in terms well, of what you personally Buddha, believe. Yeah. yeah, the Buddhists talk about it in the Bordeaux-Thedal. The Bordeaux-Thedal is a roadmap out back to the garden like the Kabbalah is. It was laid out by the Buddhists, and they said at the moment of death, you're given one last choice. You... uh are offered a tunnel of light with all your friends waving you to come on in, the water's fine, or the blue light, all-encompassing. And the advanced souls want to no longer come back into the physical world. Time isn't real. It's a duration of consciousness. And so it's used as a linear measure in lesser dimension physics. And... Uh, the where we're going with string theory is that we're now tying knots with them and shifting the universe because of sheath and the way a plasma will not interfere with itself. And so you tie knots in space. This comes out from membrane physics where you have a drum and uh, you have a membrane floating on it. That's you. And I'm coming over from over there and I'm floating as my own little membrane as I, we intersect with each other. A third and fourth membrane are formed briefly. These are the different timelines. 
that are created from the interface of one closed system, you, with me. Now, once you can envision that as a model in your mind's eye, it opens doors that allow you to change the movie. And that is why that single moment in 1964, did I jump or did I not? And the correct answer was yes. I feel that our consciousness continues after the brain and body both it is the stag and the unicorn in the fourth goal, soul and spirit within matter. That's the modern alchemist that I wrote 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, I wrote that book. And here we are full circle. Well, Amazing. I'm trying to talk about where we're going. And yeah, that's, that's what scares me the most because of AI and the way technology is really uh, shaping up to be in terms of this technology that is already before us, like MIT, they've developed all sorts of crazy things like using Wi-Fi to see through doors and this sort oh, of... Oh, yeah, see-through technology. That's, uh, and it's yeah. been developed for a long time. Yeah. There's all kinds of technology out there, even in the breakaway uh, societies. There's other human forms. We did not originate on Earth. You know, the Mars and the asteroid belt have, um, I mean, do you think we're not already on Mars? I mean, I remember uh, when that was why the second Bush went into Iraq. It wasn't because of oil. It was to go up into the northern part of Iraq and find the tunnels where the Yazidi have. The Yazidi is a religious band up in the northern part of Iraq that have these huge catacombs that go down over miles deep. And that's where they found one of the two stargates that is written in the sacred tradition of the Yazidi by Joseph Isaiah from the Vatican. There's a, that's why they call it a stargate. It is a wormhole type device, somewhat like they're trying to develop at CERN, rapid transit, moving to Fermilabs in Chicago. And uh, that is what the research is doing in that way. And then we have all these speculations where they're doing ceremonies on the platform. And mm, yeah, I was, probably, yeah, I was just going to ask you. I yeah, was just going to ask you yeah. about CERN and um, yeah, portals man. and all that sort of thing. But we already know that they certainly do exist. But NASA calls them uh, X points or electron diffusion regions is what they. The bad news is that what comes out the other end is not you, but a clone. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Well, hope was the last evil in Pandora's box. <laughs> My goodness. That's the way that all works. So, so what exactly is being conducted at CERN? I in your can opinion. only imagine trying to create a God particle and, uh, uh, you know, a tachyon light form of uh, transportation. I... <clears throat> don't know. I don't know. I can speculate based on the physics. I can figure it out from textbooks that I would read and why they would want to do it this way over that way. Right. Republican Party and their ritual uses of blood from children, you know, for, I, I, I mean, I, I, I've studied this stuff to armor myself because I don't go there. I do what I do. I am the distinction of what ethics 
and morals. Ethical man knows not to cheat on his wife. Moral man won't. And so I have boundaries of what I will and will not do. And I try to retain truth to that. You know, this is a process of self-discovery and trying to understand myself and what I would like to become. I'm a satani. I was initiated by Sharon Singh. I meditate. Uh, you know, I, I go internal. I've been doing that since the 70s. Yeah, you're a monk. You're a monk. Well, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh whatever it is. Steve Gaskins. Steve Gaskins, uh, the farm out of Tennessee, uh, originally taught at Berkeley in the 60s. He wrote a book called Before It Was the Farm and Spiritual Midwifery, his, his, his wife. Uh, he wrote a book called Monday Night Class. And, uh, it was, he walked in the classroom in Berkeley, drew a circle on the blackboard, and he said, it may not be a perfect circle, but it is a perfect whatever it is. Uniqueness in that sense of it. And that is what we each are. And so churches trying to have a similar belief, a similar value system, you know, with monetary, whatever. Uh, it leads to systems that don't work. Capitalism, communism, they don't work that way. And that's because I, when I did some graduate work, I was at Cornell. And they had the Ithaca dollar. That was very cool. I wasn't going out of that region. So I would do as a graduate student, I would do certain teaching. And they would pay me in uh, uh, Ithaca dollars, which allowed me to go anywhere in town, buy my food, my heat, my clothing, whatever I needed. got spent in, in Ithaca and uh, when I was at Cornell. Now, that system of barter uh, worked. And it's still in place as a thing for graduate students going to Cornell. I uh, I don't know how this is all going to play. I know that there's going to be some drama and that what we have ahead of us is an opportunity. And if you choose to see it that way, in terms of IQ is survival coefficient, then EQ is a more advanced form of IQ because your emotional plane is more detailed about the physical, how you feel about it. And so we are becoming emotional bodies that have uh, a sense of dimension, each of us. And as we explore this, that universe will be called magic, the art of changing consciousness at will. Amazing. And of course, I did want to, yes, I did want to get your opinion on uh, this one ethical question here. Uh, a Chinese scientist is in fact facing death for genetically modifying human DNA. And I believe what he did was that he altered the DNA of twin girls to be HIV resistant. Now, do you feel that was a bad thing or a good thing? You mean, was it Christian or pagan? Correct. That's cool. Yeah. When you deal in absolutes, and my daughter used to do that. Daddy, I love this. And Daddy, I hate that. I used to say to my daughter, I'll bet I can find something you hate even more. <laughs> and that talk about preference. Oh, yeah. And that's the yin within the yang. And that's the idea that the one becomes the other. 
Well, this guy's like radiation. Oh, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. this guy's facing uh, facing uh, the. I think he might have been facing the death penalty or something along those lines. And what he's saying is that he truly believed not only for this case but for millions of children they need this protection since uh, since an HIV vaccine is not available. For this case, I feel proud, and that's what the doctor said. He uh, also has somehow lost his research notes on how it all works. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I that too. <laughs> plausible deniability, I believe, is the word they use. Uh, That's wild, that, though. Yeah, the whole thing is about politics and why I chose not to go into politics and remain a nerd. And as such, I've become an asset for a number of different countries. What I want is to be, uh, uh, you know, favored. <laughs> Survival. I'm important, so I'm going to be one of the last men standing. Well, shit, well, well, shit, Richard, if you stay alive a couple more years, uh, I'm sure there will be some sort of technology to further extend your life for another 20, 30 years, I'm sure. Already working with fullerines <laughs> and, and structured water. Absolutely. I will be on my website. I'm garnering what I call superfoods. Right now, I have honey being grown in shungite for sale. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to die. You're, you're not dying soon. You're not going to die soon yet, Richard. I already know you. Yeah, I know. It's a, it has to do with clinical approach to the aging process. Every single form of way we measure aging is reversible. Every single form. And that is... Uh, uh, Ward Dean and his uh, biological agent, he is Surgeon General for the Marine Corps, he wrote a book called Biological Aging Mechanisms, Clinical Approach. That means he went out to all the different universities in the, in the world and how they measure aging. And the conclusion at the end of his book is every single process, including the fraying of telomerase, is reversible. Yeah, that's very fascinating This guy stuff. being put to death in China is a political thing. And China, we don't even have death penalties here, mostly in the United States anymore. You have to be a serial killer multiple times, blah, 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 blah. And even then, they get commuted to life or whatever. I uh, I don't feel I have a right to make judgment on another. So from yeah, that hear, yeah. point of view, yeah. however, you attack my daughter or my family, eye for an eye. That's a different story altogether. Well, it's, uh, you know, personal, uh, what we call maritime law, survival. Right. And that's the difference between Hobbes and Kant in philosophy. The natural forms of, of uh, incurring moral obligations on another person. In other words, I will stop swinging. I have a right to swing my fist anywhere I choose to in space. I choose not to swing it in your direction and would hope that would incur an obligation for you to do the same for me. This is the difference between natural and civil law. Oh, yes. And, of course, yeah, but, right. And of course, Richard, I, I did want to ask you, of course, about the whole media frenzy in terms of the whole government secret UFO program. Oh, yeah, breakaway. Um, it's most likely true. Run, run. Uh, I mean, they were, I, okay, let's start it this way. I have been to Antarctica for the government. 
I saw the Nazi base there. Where is that in history books? Okay. So we know that something must have happened. If it weren't at Roswell, uh, something happened somewhere because the Foo Fighters that came out, Admiral Byrd, we didn't even have jets back then. So were those alien or were that reverse technology with German? And the correct answer is yes. <laughs> That's how it is. Anything you can imagine is true and more. If I don't do anything else, everything, the conspiracy part is, and here's the bad news, you're probably never going to know what really happened. That's what I'm afraid of the most. A lot of these things that we, we get bits and pieces of, of information, maybe 20, 30 years way later, but we don't even get any of the true facts. Uh, for instance, a great example of that would be the JFK assassination uh, through Trump. Many individuals thought he would be the guy to give us the smoking gun here, but that hasn't been the case. No, and the problem is it's so convoluted. And then you have the new series, Travelers, where their AIs are sending people back in time to change history and the timelines. Um, is that true? I have told you that Hollywood, if she could, <laughs> I, you know, don't believe a word in any of it. You know, before we had uh, 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 3D printing, it started with replicators on Star Trek. Technology springs from our imagination, and that's why we have Hollywood, and why that is a front or centerpiece for Travis Stock and controlling the minds of civilization. I agree. The... um the mind, you're able to manifest so many different things uh, to fruition for many for many individuals out there, and you're an example of that yourself, Richard. Well, there's a, there's techniques that are more efficient than others. I use hypnosis to map out the depth of hypnosis and trying to find where one altered state merges with another. And I have now come to the place where I can, at will, with my mind's eye, for a brief moment, be like I'm a tweaking with the strength of ten. I can go into an altered state and know what's going to happen next. I can uh, have, you know, at any given, and, and what I'm doing now is instead of doing that with body functions, uh, autonomic functions in my body, uh, heart rate, pulse rate, brain waves, uh, galvanic skin response, temperature on my fingertips. That was what I did 45 years ago. What I'm experimenting now is geometry in my mind's eye to release that, <laughs> that chill. Now, you can all do it by just thinking about it. How can you sustain it? Some people take drugs. It turns out Lysergic acid, diethylamide, LSD, is a toxin. And when you take it, you know, 300 mics, your body freaks out. And that LSD is broken and down into salts into the urine within 30 minutes of ingestion. And the next 20 hours of hallucinations are from your own body chemistry. What you have essentially done is homeopathy where you take a small take of something and your body overreacts with its own similar lookalike chemistry and now you can start to do that at will 
like someone that's been meditating for 30 years, you can fine-tune how you take psyche into matter. You know, it's weird that you mentioned that because you just reminded me of um, every time I would take a larger dose of psilocybin mushrooms, I would get this really strange uh, feeling in my body, kind of like, kind of like, almost like when your foot is falling asleep, almost like that, except not, not the paralyzing type feeling. Yeah, that's psilocin over the psilocybin. Those are two chemistries that are you're found in your philosophy. Yeah, you feel There's that. There's normal biocystin mm-hmm. and other chemistries in psychedelics, mushrooms that are now used to in microdoses to heal the spiritual part of depression that then proliferates down into the physical body as health. That's uh. Uh, a number of people are writing on that right now. Uh, uh, Neil Goldsmith, a friend of mine out of New York, he was editor of Omni Magazine, and now he does uh, the poetry, Science Talks of New York City, uh, has written one, Psychedelic Medicine. I am realizing that this is the absolute new direction, to have that cup of coffee in the morning where you just rev up your engines. Oh, yes. Uh, well, caffeine and theobromine, and methylamine, and these are neurotransmitters that you can pull out of your body at will with your mind's eye, and that is magic. That really is. It's a very unusual property, the psilocybin mushroom. It's definitely not of this world. You ought to try thorn apple and that, you know, tropine alkaloids with scopolamine, hydrocyamine, and atropine. Those are weird ones. Well, we're going to find that. <laughs> well, that's, you take a kid that's on an antipsychotic and you tag him with scopolamine and you have a weapon, like in the Batman movie, that'll open the door and shoot at random anything you aim it at. Now imagine a smart meter that can deliver that to a single individual inside the house. Your sister rather than you. She's the one on antipsychotics and they target her DNA and they tag her with scopolamine and imagine how that's going to play. Right. That's where smart meters are going to go with 5G technology if we're not careful. My goodness. And of course, doctor, I hate to take up too much of your time here. We are running out of time. That's fine. Yeah. That's no problem. My yeah. pleasure. Yes. You're welcome to have me anytime you like. Yeah, no problem. And I do want to thank you so much for being a part of the program. If if you have anything else to plug, please feel free to do so now. Okay. So I'm a starving artist, and I have a whole series of audiobooks on metaphysics. Eleven years of courses I taught at Harvard, and they are chock full of rare manuscripts. These are the metaphysics 1 through 12. There are going to be 15 metaphysics audiobooks. Each one has probably 600 uh, gigabyte of, uh, well, some are a little smaller, of rare manuscripts I used when I taught metaphysics at Harvard. Uh, uh, so you can do your own research, come up with your own conclusions. Uh, metaphysics books are on sale. And then, of course, all my other works. I have um, uh, nine-volume encyclopedia in alternative agriculture. I'm your MacGyver. And so I've got a whole bunch of books on how to make a living in the woods. Uh, you can find me at richardallenmiller.com, A-L-A-N, richardallenmiller.com.
Yeah, that's it. That's what I've got. Amazing. Thank you so much again for sharing your time with us all. And I'll talk to you again very shortly here, Doc. You're welcome. Yeah, and I'd be happy to talk, get into more explicit aspects of path working and how to use the tarot to determine what stories are going on and why you might want to change them. Amazing. No problem. We'll do that again. Uh, part two here, my friend. Nice talking to you, sir. Uh, clockwise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and I believe um, we have another guest here. Uh, Darren, is, yes. that, is that you, Darren? Another another Miller. Yes, hello. Darren, how the hell are you, man? <laughs> how the hell are you? You know, I got on the phone. It sounded like you were talking to Brett Hoffman of Malevolent Creation, who recently <laughs> passed away. Oh, no. A really good friend of mine, and it was like really bizarre because that guy sounded exactly like him. No shit. And I I freaked out for a second. I thought it was some kind of pranker. Oh, uh, wow. It's, yeah, it's, he sounded, Richard Allen Miller sounded exactly like Brett Hoffman, and it just freaked me out. But I'm anyways. A, I'm going to look that up. How, <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing? Is uh, he from, the, was he from Buffalo? He's actually from Morgan. What Morgan what? No, Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Oregon, right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. where, that's where he's currently uh, at now. And for those that don't know, I am talking to a Darren Miller here, who of course was the guitarist and of course vocalist for CKY. And, yes. And now of course, From you're, now you're playing. 97 to 2011. Word. And now yeah. you of course are in the band 96 Bitter Beans. Yes, I am. I am. I'm still in all my other bands too. I have a World Under Blood and Foreign Objects. Um, even Aches and Pains, my childhood band. Really? Um, <laughs> it was a joke band me and my friend used to do on the weekends just to kill time and be productive, I guess. It's pretty wild though having you here. I wasn't quite prepared that you were going to be on here tonight. I know. I I we had scheduled it and what happened was is that not only did I mistake it for a different interview, I've never done so many interviews in my life, even when I was on Island Records. And it's so cool to be able to talk to so many different people through the Internet, doing podcasts and stuff on YouTube and all that stuff. It's great. Sure. You, you, can't, shut, you can't shut me up. You no, know? that's so, good. Yeah. I mean, I like to talk and talk about anything. So it's just. You know, it's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah, thank you so much for, for hanging out here. And I got to say, man. My pleasure. Yeah, man, I, I, I got to say, I, of course, like many other kids out there growing up who were into skateboarding and all that sort of thing, uh, you know, your mm-hmm. band, I grew up listening to your band, so it's kind of kind of freaky talking to you <laughs> in a good way. Well, I think you'll get over that pretty quick. Oh well, I, I'm not. I'm not very intimidating. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Yeah, you're not <laughs> there intimidating. There will be a at quiz. Uh, there will there will be a quiz later on. Though, you know. Oh shit! But no, no it's you know, I, I I'm just I'm just like you. I'm a fan of music, and I grew up listening to to other people. And you know, uh, the the cool thing was the advantage of you know being in a band that was successful was that I got to meet a lot of my my idols as well and become friends with them. So it was cool. You know, they always say don't meet your idols, and in some cases that was true. But, I mean, for the most part, like everybody that I admired growing up when I met them, and we usually ended up going on tour, hanging out, you know, working together, you know, whatever. And that's part of the reward of being who I am. I just got to do all those things. 
and still doing them. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I have met a, a number of people, and I even brought them on here a couple times onto the show, mm-hmm. uh, people that I admired. And I, I have met, you know, people that I liked throughout the years growing up. I, I have met them in person and they all turned out to be really good people. And they weren't just, mm-hmm. they weren't just being nice to me because I was a, a fan or whatever. They were genuine. Right. Yeah. They were genuinely very cool. Yeah. I think that any artist with any kind of intelligence knows that when you're speaking to a fan, um, it should be natural that there's, you know, an instant relationship that could be going on because you're both interested in the same thing and you have a lot in common right off the bat. So I think that artists that put themselves above their fans are in it for the wrong reason and maybe their heart isn't really in what they do. But I love to talk about what I do and I love to talk about what other people do. So, sure. You know, it's just like, why not? What I, You know, it's I really can't, you know, name any names of people that I wish I hadn't met. You know, Paul Stanley was awesome you know meeting him was cool and meeting peter chris and even gene simmons um james hetfield lars uh and kirk and uh you know dave mustaine was a little bit awkward but well that's dave you know he's in a yeah you know but gary holt from exodus and slayer and the guys from slayer and all that, all all those guys, they're all really cool, and I'm happy about that because uh, I, even though it wouldn't have an effect on what I think of their music, because their personalities don't have anything to do with why I like their music, but it's glad that I can like them personally and like their music. Which is rare these days for musicians, yeah, you know. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> the music out there is. Whoa, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know definitely what you definitely come across some. <laughs> Some pretentious individuals as well, so yeah, it goes along with the term. But you know, I don't, I, I don't really listen to very much pretentious music aside from maybe Flaming Lips or My Bloody Valentine or something. But I've never met <laughs> those guys, so yeah, right <laughs> I on. wouldn't be able to judge that. Yeah, and but and I still love them, you know. I hear you, and of course, for for the listeners out there who have no clue who you are. I thought we could talk a little bit about the band CKY for a moment here and how all that came uh, together for you. Well, all I, all I ever wanted to do with my life is I wanted to make a living off of doing music. And, you know, there, I started really, really early. Um, I loved guitar, but, of course, I had to start on a piano because, you know, parents didn't want to buy me a guitar. I eventually ended up with one. And uh just loved it. At first, I wanted to play bass, but they told me if you play bass, you won't be able to play guitar. But if you play guitar, you'll be able to play bass. So that ended to, up being, tr- are you being able true. To, are you able to play piano now? A little bit. A little bit. If I sit, if I sit down with something for maybe, if I sit, if if I pick, if I want to learn something intricate and I sit down with it for maybe four hours, I can learn it and come off as a piano player. But if you ask me to sit down and play something. It'd be chopsticks or the Halloween theme. I mean, uh, that's about it. <laughs> I, I was gonna say. I, kinda, not, I, <laughs> I was just gonna yeah, quickly not, say, um, <laughs> you were like uh, Ellen John. I guess. I mean, he's an amazing piano player. <laughs> oh, what well, was a joke? Him and Billy Joel. <laughs> I mean, but you know, um, just guitar stuck, and I just played the hell out of it. It's all I ever did. Amazing, and of course, 
It was in 92 when you formed Foreign Objects, correct? Well, I, for, I, had start, I moved to the Philly suburbs, Westchester, Pennsylvania, in 1991, and I met up with a group of guys that played, and we started a band called This End Up, and I was the guitar player, and our singer uh, quit or got fired, and um, we couldn't find anybody else, so I took a shot at it, and I wasn't really secure as a vocalist, but the band seemed to think otherwise, so that was encouraging. So I just, you know, I started to sing more, and uh, it took a lot of years for me to get the to get the hang of singing. Yeah, I always practiced alone, playing guitar and singing at the same time, but I started to take it seriously when I really wanted to develop it because a lot of people were saying that I wasn't a singer at all. I wasn't a good singer, so I worked at it and worked at it until I was pleased with it, which took a long time. And uh, that's that's my thing now. I'm a, I'm a vocalist, guitar player. I couldn't imagine other being otherwise. It's a, I also play drums now too. So I, yeah, you're I could a probably you know yeah. I mean I could probably get in the studio and and do a do a solo album one day and and do everything myself. But you know they say if you want something done right, do it yourself. But. And I still enjoy playing with other people and recording with other people, so we'll see. Yeah, very nice. And, of course, now you currently live out here in California, right? Yeah. I've lived in uh, in Los Angeles since 2001, around April. I left um, Philadelphia for good. Yeah. Just things weren't going – things weren't <laughs> going very well. I had always had the dream of moving to California like a lot of other people and – Got an apartment with seven of us in a three-bedroom townhouse. Then I bought a house in, in uh, Costa Mesa. Now I live like close to Magic Mountain. Yeah, and, much more, um, much more uh, different than where you grew up. I can imagine. A lot different. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, and people are different in good and bad ways. And the difference between good people here is overwhelms how. The different it is with the bad people back east. I mean, they're just oh, it's a totally different. Yeah, totally different. A lot of a lot of people back east don't know much more about where they live and what what you know what they can accomplish or what they try to accomplish. And it's just easier to be in Los Angeles to do what whatever. You, yeah, what you've got to, what, especially music. Yeah, artistic or any kind of arts, you know. New York and Los Angeles is it's it's cliche, but you know, some people come here and they they're they're gone in two months. You know, some people come here and try to stick it out, end up staying anyway. You know, it's definitely much more comfortable. I feel more like I belong in California, even though I have some East Coast mentality and attitude. That but I, I genuinely. Most of the people that I know out here are from the East Coast anyway, so it kind of cancels itself out a bit. Yeah, man. And, <laughs> of course, you definitely came from such a small town. And I, I can imagine. Yeah. I, I wonder if any of that helped you create some of the songs you, you've made in CKY. If it wasn't for that, you know, that small hometown type of environment. Is what I'm well, it was more to do with it was more to do with the music that was spinning in our house, you know. Like my mom had all these records 
And even my dad had a little bit of interest in bizarre stuff like Maynard Ferguson and um, uh, what's that guy's name? I can't remember. Like Billy Joel and ABBA and Carly Simon and the Beatles and Barry Manilow and stuff like that. And then Chris and, you know, it all, all, every band would lead to another. I was so fascinated to find new things. And I just, you know, my style is pretty much um, just making the best use of all of the best elements of what I was inspired by. So For sure. So a lot of people found that very original. So I continue to do it. And it's, just, it's the style that I work with still to this day. Yeah, definitely. And going back to your early roots and how you sort of brought this band together here. Um, who exactly was it in the band? You, well, the band members you had for uh, CKY, who was it exactly that you met first that, you know, you, I you met thought? Jess, I, met mm-hmm. Je- I met Jess in a math class, and I was in another band that um, we were getting really good, but we were kind of unable to progress past the point of our thrash metal style, and thrash at that time was... was uh, marketably going out of phase it was it was done you know so um i wanted to try doing something original so i found that that jess had was a drummer he was 16 and i was 18 we started to rehearse and then we did a bunch of demos some good some bad and then ended up at a studio where we found um our guitar player and then from there on, it was just a recycling of bass players live. We usually just did the bass in the studio ourselves. But live, we, we just had a, you know, it was a in and out bass players. You know, some would come back, some would leave, and come For back sure. again. And, yeah. and um, now I'm working with uh, all new guys that I've met through other people that, that uh, had a lot of respect for. And... Uh, Still working with, um, I'm going to be working with Matty, Matt Janitis, who was in CKY at a point, and, uh, Rob Valino, Murray, who was his nickname. <clears throat> we're, we're trying to get together to have everybody involved, so. Very cool. It's cool. Yeah. So 96 Bitter Beings is like an entity that'll do music and hopefully, you know, TV shows and movie scores and, all that stuff. There's no limits. Nice. Yeah, man, I really do hope the best for this new project. And just to, you know, just to put this uh, to rest here, the, you know, early years, mm-hmm. I could just imagine once all of this was, you know, first starting to heat up. And then, of course, the TV show Jackass came mm-hmm. around and not to mention the the early versions of Jackass, CKY and, you know, of that nature i'm sure that totally helped uh cky really you know get a lot more popular and i'm I'm just wondering how was that for you and you know becoming sort well, we, of like we started, this famous sort of guy in a way well we started cky um the band and then decided to call the movies that and then um they became very successful you know, people started trading them and buying them and it's before YouTube and before the internet. Way before, yeah. Was, it was not before the internet, but before the internet was everything to everybody. Sure. You know, 
Um, so it just, it was a, you know, it was a, a pro, a, not a very quick process. It wasn't overnight, but a lot of bands, well, the funny thing is, is that a lot of bands, you know, a lot of people call us the Jackass band, but a lot of bands were on Jackass that just didn't stick. Yeah. And for some reason, our music on Jackass stuck and people felt really comfortable and they enjoyed hearing that style of music with what was they were watching yeah your band was then, basically the theme for for them for that yeah 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 there was a well there was a theme song in the beginning i don't remember who did it but that was the theme song and then our songs would come in but it was usually a lot of jackass episodes were just clips from the cky videos and then right. later on they did new they did new material and i i was on the first episode of jackass and then i realized that Doing stunts and playing pranks, even as much fun as I would like to do something like that now, um, I wanted to focus more on the music, so I, I never really did more than one episode, I don't think, maybe is, two or three. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah. I didn't want to get hurt, you know? I didn't want... <laughs> I, I don't like getting hurt, you know. No I shit, mean, yeah. I, I, it's, I hurt. I end up hurting myself all the time, you know. I, I, I burn myself at least once a week very badly, you know. I'll smash my finger into something once a week very badly. You sound like me. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to break an arm or something and not be able to play, so. You know, I bowed out of the. No, I hear you, man. I would have done the same. I would have done the same. And of course, I, I have to say, um, if anyone had friends growing up who were skaters and all that i myself wasn't really a good skateboarder but a lot of my friends were and mm -hmm. they, they're the just one, like me yeah just <laughs> like you and they, i was not a skateboarder i actually rode more of a bike i was more into the whole bmx yeah. thing to be honest with you yeah i had my i had my gt performer same here i used to, i used to draw i used to ride down hills that were so steep i was like pretty much just falling off a cliff on my bike the good old days you know? yeah yeah before they built before they built neighborhoods on every piece of dirt dry mountainous land you know we used to take our bikes and go through all these trails that people had made and they were dangerous you know and Hell luckily yeah. never i mean i've never i fall fell off my bike many times but you know at one point i you know i put the kickstand down and i never really rode again but uh <laughs> wise my son is my son uh has skateboarded. He he actually is getting pretty good. And he's a lot better than me. I can't even stand on one. I just feel like I'm just going to it's going to slip out from under me and I'm going to break my back. Yeah, that's how I am but. now. And <laughs> the thing is if anyone had friends who were skaters, a lot of them were into various skateboard videos and that's basically how I discovered uh, your band. mm Mhm. Because of of these yeah. these kids, they were all into your band, so that's sort and of once, and mm -hmm. once yeah, and once MTV got caught, you know, you know, MTV found us and melded us together with the guys from from the West Coast, you know, like Knoxville and Steve-O and <laughs> Wee Man and all those guys, it was and over. they combined us. They combined us all into that show, and um, we became the first unsigned band to have a video on he heavy rotation on MTV. And then, of course, it didn't take long before Island Records was like, "Hey, come on over here." That's and how we it did. goes. Yeah. God was, damn. You know, it was a different time. It's not something that could have happened now. So, I'm I'm really proud to have caught been old enough or young enough to catch the tail end of a really cool part of the music industry. You know, 
going yeah. to a store and seeing your buying your CD and a, your own CD in a record store was just so awesome. You're right, I mean, though, man. I, I, the internet killed all of that. To that. Yeah, the internet yeah, just killed did. record sales tremendously. It killed it. It killed it. Man. It killed it. Makes it very hard for anyone that's not a pop star that does something else or is known for something else. Whether you know the, it's usually you know really really pretty girls that that dress in very expensive clothes. Very little clothes. Have <laughs> very very expensive little clothes. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollar G strings. So, and, da- uh, so Darren, are you gonna are you gonna put out a mixtape? You know, to get with, you know, t- today's current <laughs> music. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have I have enough kids for that. You know, kids kids play the latest music, so I've heard right. it. And it's I, just when I thought it couldn't get worse. Oh you know, my, it's bad. There's no more I good rock bands anymore. It's it's so sad. It's sad. I know. I mean, maybe there are, but. You know, just no, they're, like, they're out there. They're out there playing. It's they're just, out there. Yeah. They're just hard to find. Hard you to know, find. Because very little time and money is put into the promotion of rock and metal. One of the um, and, one of the people in the chat room, they said K-pop is the future. How do you feel about that? K-pop is that? That's, what is that? I know that, J-pop. That's, that's the J-pop Korean. Japanese. Yeah, this Korean. is Korean. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's fine for a certain amount of people, but what really frustrates me is that I think that. Um, Teenage boys that are into aggressive things might find an outlet or they might find rock and metal soothing and they don't know about it. You know, it's very interesting. They might know about Metallica, but a lot of kids don't know much more about music other than what comes on when you turn on a music YouTube station or something or wherever they hear their music. Radio, MTV. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know if MTV even even plays music anymore. But in radio, I mean, radio is when I hear on the radio is like 80s and stuff like that. And, but I don't hear. Oh, here's a new here's a new single from this rock band. You know. It's, yeah, that's gone away. It's sad. You know, it's very difficult. But you know, I always have my um, my ambitions, and I want to try to find an to reinvent this thing, at least help reinvent it. It comes in cycles, I think. Yeah. History repeats itself. I Word. think that there's going to be a rock band that makes rock and metal the thing again, and more of us will get rediscovered and re-promoted. And well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, that, that's what I'm <laughs> hoping the the um, record labels can do. They could turn this around, but I'm not even sure um, what exactly uh, they, they, they could ne- do. They, well, they, record labels thought that that streaming and piracy was going to be good for record sales, but it ended up being the opposite. And now you couldn't get any major label to touch rock with a ten foot pole. They will not sign rock bands. They're just letting the ones that they have on their label now just die out, so they can drop them and sign some new solo artist who's never sung a note in their life. You know, it's sad, but you know, what can you do about it? You gotta, you gotta. Roll on, got to keep pushing on. So that's what I do. I can't do anything else. So this is all I do. So yeah, and you're, <laughs> you're a damn good musician, though. But and I thank you. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm the only one listening to my stuff, you know, so be it. But I'm still gonna be doing it, you know. But you know, the response to our new record has been overwhelming. I mean, it's just definitely out of anything that I've ever done, it's the most most well critically received record from 
from um, my following. So I'm so happy to read some of the things that people are saying about this re- this record, and I'm excited to see what they say about the next one because the next one's already done, and in my opinion, it's different from the other one, but they're, I think they're going to find it even more in the vein of what I used to do and what I'm going to be doing in the future. Yes, and I again, just, just to put this to rest here, you left CKY. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What was the final decision to do that? It wasn't a final decision. It was just like the tire ran out of air. It had a slow, it like had a pinhole in it. It was mm, like slowly, it was, it was, I guess it's part of it was just, you know, personalities in the band, you know, constantly clashing. And when you're successful and you have a bunch of sold out tour dates, it's, easier to tolerate that kind of stuff but then when when it becomes clear to me that anything i'm doing isn't gonna get more successful than it is i tend to want to start a new thing you know it goes with anything if i'm painting a picture and i realize that i've screwed it up and it's not going to get any better rather than sit there and try to fix it i might tear it up and start a new a new page you know and I'm, that's just the way I am. I, I I don't like to be at the top going down. I like to be at the bottom going up. So no, I get that. You so know, it, you get a better chance yeah. of you know. It's like when your time is up. You know, we had an amazing run. It was it was twelve years of just constant touring and hilarious stories and ho- absurd things. Happen. I, I have stories for years. I have memories for years that will always make me laugh. And I have some things that, that could make me angry if, if I think about them too long. But, you know, it just got to the point where it was like I had started a family, and which was something that I wanted to do because I had to stop being the only person in my life that I cared about, you know, because I would have been dead by now. If I was the only person that I cared about, I, I'd be dead because having a family, you know, you, you put more time into other people because they're your family. And, you know, I raised my kids while putting out records, and now I'm ready to make music a full-time thing again. I hear you. So basically, it was just a time issue. The writing was the on the wall. The club started to empty out. You know, the, yeah. the shows were getting empty. The the enthusiasm from the business was was you know they were turning their backs you know we the last record that I put out with them was on a really chintzy label that I never even saw a dime from it was just such a diff it was like just it was just it could have been spelled out or somebody could have written it in the sky you know it, it's over yeah you know, I hear you though it's it's dying it's it, it's not it's not going to get any bigger. We could have hit, written a hit single and and it wouldn't have right, researched us. Right. So things were starting to get a little bit stale for you and of course the other band mm-hmm. the other band members while you do, you know, you do love them and and respect them and all that sort of thing, but over mm-hmm. time, you know, with, with anyone yeah. you're going to get a little annoyed with them. Is that kind of what happened? Spe- yeah, I mean if you're on a bus for for 3 months straight with eight people hey dudes and two of which are the 
are in the band and are creative and have their problems. It's uh, it's like being in an airplane. It's like it gets very very claustrophobic and you start to smell like them and they smell like <laughs> you and everything just starts to just get nasty, you know. Yeah, I get that. And it's just it's like being in jail with with people. But at least in jail, you have a little bit of room to walk around, and you're always in one place, you know. I always liked touring and and, and being on a bus, and, and I loved sleeping in the bunks. Nobody else liked sleeping in the bunks. Everybody wanted to get hotel rooms, but I was more comfortable in the bunk because I had a problem with hotel rooms. They just freaked me out. So I don't like being told when I have to get up and get out of the room, you know. On a bus, I didn't have to do that, so... You know, there's tons of tons of memories, good and bad, and it's just it, it was just there wasn't a moment where I said I never officially resigned. I'm still, you know, you're still sort of in there, yeah. But I'm not, you know, I'm not. I'm doing my own thing right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I could understand how that goes, and uh, you know, the other band members of CKY, they're they're trying their best to keep moving, and that's that's respectable, I guess. I guess. You know, I don't. I can't. I can't say. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well. But, you know, they're trying. They're, they're trying. Yeah. But no, I, nothing um, wrong with um, that. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. And uh, I have to say, I really did enjoy the acoustified uh, record. Yeah. You put out. I really did like that. I thought that was amazing. And of that course, was a lot of fun. Oh man, it was it was fantastic. Uh, Disengage the simulator has always been my favorite song of yours. Me too. One of my favorites. My I favorite. Just, my, I, my only regret is that I wish that I had put some drums and and some bass on some some of that stuff. I should have put more drums. To there, it. There's something about that song, man. I don't know what it is, but even when I heard the lyrics when I was just a, a young boy, and you know, when you're that young, you don't exactly have a concept of lyrics or what exactly they mean. But you know, later mm-hmm. on in life, I'm just like, holy shit, uh, this guy was mm-hmm. nailing a lot of things that. You know, during the time I was kind of contemplating myself, and I thought, God damn, this song really hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then, I never really put too much importance on lyrics. I used to just, I used to just write down what whatever rhymed or whatever sounded good. And um, and that's most of the time of people... what yeah, and that's what most musicians <laughs> always say. I was just writing anything, and then a lot of mm-hmm. people, a lot of people, um, they respond with how much this song means to them when the person who writes it really doesn't. You know, it wasn't really anything. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, Brandon Novak, who is uh, an old friend of mine and and all of ours, he he found something in Sinking to the Underground that he related to that helped him, you know, get off of heroin. And I found that interesting because yeah. when I read those lyrics, I don't really know what the song is about other than it sounds like when I look at those lyrics now for for a song like that, I I think I was writing about an anxiety attack or something because I used to get those a lot and I didn't know what they were. And my first one was really scary, so I think thinking of the underground was like about that because you know I can't breathe, I can't get this out. I, I used to get tight in the chest and and have really you know get really panicky and and sweat and hyperventilate and just feel like I couldn't breathe, you know? So I guess maybe, you know, he found, he saw it, you know, in a, in a, as a, in a, in a, in an addictive, 
for someone who's addicted to something, he saw yeah. something in that. That's what he saw. Great song, though, man. I really do. I've always liked that song. And, of course, all the versions you put out, you know, li- well, not not you, but, you know, live footage of you, uh, mm-hmm. it's always been killer. You've always been uh, right in there, right in the pocket, making that song I, great. I just love to be on stage. I can't wait. I can't wait to get out there again. I can't wait to see what it looks like to tour in 2019. Yeah, man. I, that Play must the be, new songs, you know? Yeah, I know what that's like. I played in a band myself, and of course I'd never reached that sort of popularity, but I played in a couple bars, and mm-hmm. not many people, but the ones who were there were just so excited. So, you know, that kind of energy does, you, you do consume that energy, no doubt. It's a very... A, addicting feeling I, I do miss being on stage myself I, i've been playing bass for over 10 years now love mm-hmm. love playing bass and yeah mm-hmm. man i'm with you on that one I, i'm looking forward to to you and a fruitful career that i'm sure mm-hmm. will go down i appreciate that yeah, man i think you'll i be i really i really really i'm ready i have the energy i am i'm still 21 years old i am a 42-year-old in a 21-year-old's body. I, I don't have back issues. I don't have bad knees. I've got all the energy. That I think people are going to be surprised to see. Because, you know, when I went to see Kiss in 1992 and they were 40, they were my age now, and they just didn't have the energy that they did in the 70s and, and 80s. So... um I just can't wait to unleash that energy again and to look out into the crowd and just beat off each other. Right. Being on stage is just one of my favorite things. My first show in March of 1992 was such a triumph because it was like I finally got my band and we're we're good enough to book a show and we booked one and all of our all of my friends from school showed up and it was packed and it was just amazing feeling nice you know yeah yeah and it and for the next you know 15 years that's what it was it was it was that it never got old you know the only times it was uncomfortable to be on stage was when i was sick or had or had uh pulled a rib or something i always pulled ribs i always had to go to chiropractor i would do this thing i'd jump up and swing my guitar around and I, when I landed I landed and ripped a couple of ribs out of place yeah and <laughs> you thought you were but in it the, was worth it you thought you were playing in the band journey <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and and of course I'm looking at the chat room here and all these uh, great uh, listeners of mine in the chat room here they are bringing up all sorts of uh, members from Jackass, and I'm reading all sorts of things here, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe you might have dodged the bullet there, Darren. A in lot what of, way? A, a lot of these guys are pretty banged up later on in life. Oh, physically, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little beat up. Yeah, I loved all those guys. They were all so cool. They all seemed you know? cool to me, yeah. Me and Steve-O used to go to the Viper Room on Monday nights to catch Steel Panther when they were called Metal Shop. I like Steel Panther, and we too. Just, yeah. yeah, and... We would always, one of us would always end up on stage. And I, one time I ended up on stage with Corey's Haler from Slipknot. And we sang Round and Round by Rat. And I remember doing Photograph by Def Leppard. And just, it was, it was just so much fun. It was like some, not something that really happens anymore, you know. 
It was just, and when something stops happening, something so fun that, you know, is a timeless thing is so fun and it stops happening, all it can do is start happening again. So that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on the concept and the idea that all of these fun times that we had can happen again to a whole new generation of people that don't want to be on their phones all day, that don't want to play video games all day. They maybe they want to go. They'll want to go to a show. They'll want to be able to release this pent up aggression that they have towards whatever it is. It's a very healthy thing. You know, a lot of parents look down on it. My parents, you know, my mom certainly used to. When I'd come home with with a cassette tape, she'd open up the lyrics and read them, and you know, didn't understand that if I didn't have aggressive music as an outlet for things that made me angry. You know, God knows I might be in jail, perhaps. You might have killed someone. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. I'm with you. I know what that's like, indeed. I was a very, very, different, very, very different years ago. Very insane. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. And it's always been an outlet. It's always been um, a tool to, you know, eradicate those feelings in a healthy way. Oh yeah. Very therapeutic. Extremely therapeutic in a safe and, and legal way, of, <laughs> and it's legal. It's legal and it's and it's healthy. Aside from the fact that a lot of people might think it's not upon first listen or upon first look, but if you give it a chance, you'll find that you know anybody can find that it's not for everybody, but it's definitely for a lot more people than it is seen and heard right now. So. I want to open up new new people. I want to open up their ears, and I want them to hear what this kind of stuff can do for them. They haven't discovered it yet. I want to help change that. Nice. If and I'm not. If we're mm-hmm. if 96 Bitter Beings isn't the band that does that, then I want to definitely help or follow the band that does do that. Right. And of course, you mentioned uh, Steel Panther. I mean, that's a great example of a band. That personally, I, so I personally, yeah, they're funny as hell. But personally, I didn't think that sort of music would get over again uh, to the extent mm-hmm. that it has. You know, when I mean get over, I mean uh, become as popular as it has with with uh, their fan base. They have a pretty loyal fan base, and mm-hmm. they play all over. Well, all, they're one of a the kind. World. There's no, there's no other band like that. I mean, an obscene glam band is just so bizarrely. A, a genius concept, it's you know. It's a genius, and it's and they're great musicians too. <laughs> oh God, Russell, really good. he's the guitar player. He rips, man. He is so incredibly talented, and I, he's lucky, you know, that he gets to to play as good as he can in a band that entertains in a humorous way as well. But I also used to see Russell in a band called The Ducks, where he was serious, and it, and it was kind of like him trying to get, I think, the major labels to come out and 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 give him a shot at at some serious music. But he yeah. was way better off putting on that wig and, the and shredding a guitar. Yeah, the gimmick yeah. is just so good, man. It was much better than his take, his, his attempt at toning his playing down and trying to be. Like an alternative Nickelback kind of band. Oh God! Which yeah. is kind of kind of what the Ducks were. They were kind of like not that bad, but they were <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> yeah, but he was a good sing- he is a good singer, and he he definitely 
toned down his playing. There was no shredding or anything. It was just, you know, alternative rock, and it didn't it didn't work out. Interestingly enough, the bass player in that band is also the guy that plays Chainsaw in Summer School, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The the he, his name was Chainsaw. His name is Chainsaw in the uh, the movie Summer School. He was the bass player of the Ducks. But anyway, yeah, anyways, as I often do, I okay. drift off topic. No, don't worry. That was a good discussion there. <laughs> um, I, I was just also wondering if you had seen Johnny Depp out there. Johnny Depp? Yeah, in the Viper Room. Oh, as you mean oh, because he's part owner or he owned it? Yeah. I know his his band would always be out there playing gigs. I, I never, no, I never, I know he owned it, but I never saw his band him there. I, I definitely saw a bunch of interesting people at mm-hmm. the Rainbow Room over the years, like um guy that was on, a really short guy that was on that Unsolved Mysteries kind of show. His, he had his he had his son Adam who died. Hmm. I don't know, can't remember his name, John something. But also Drew Carey would be there all the time. John now now hmm, John 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 TV show yeah. Said? America's Most Wanted. Oh, John Welsh. Yeah, yeah. He was his son Adam Welsh was abducted and murdered and Yeah, that's he, right. He, Holy shit. And he um, you know, dedicated his life to capturing criminals right. and did that show, America's Most Wanted. And I saw him a lot, I saw John Lovitz in there and just, you know, I'd have to think, but definitely a lot of people would go to the Viper Room. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's a great place for, you know, regular people to to mingle with, with celebrities without anyone being harassed or bothered or, you know. I love the Viper Room. I yeah. played there, I, can, I think, two years ago. I want to play there again, but just... Speaking so of, uh, yeah, man, speaking of, speaking of playing, you know, I try to bother 91X. They are a um, radio station out here in, well, I'm not in San Diego, but I'm pretty close to it. They are a radio station in San Diego, and, you know, they, they've they been following me around on Twitter, and so, so have some of their staff members there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've been trying to push you onto them. Oh, I would, that is unbelievable like i i I cannot express the appreciation when people tell me that they're trying to get my music on the radio yeah i keep bothering them very hard very hard and if if anybody can accomplish that you know i don't know perhaps maybe some new songs are being played on the radio but i mean I don't. I don't get to find out about that stuff all the time. But I yeah, think, I would love that. Yeah, I, mean, I think I could make it happen. Link. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be fantastic. I could make it happen, man. Uh, those people, they know exactly who I am. Unfortunately, <laughs> so I might pursue. I wouldn't I, say. I could do it. I'm I sure. I wouldn't say that. Well, that I, that would be unbelievably incredible. I I would. It would bring me to tears if that happened. Yeah, don't worry. I got you. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. I'm thanking you in advance. For sure, man. Uh, I'll make this one happen for you. Uh, again, I know these people, uh, they they like the show. So I think mm-hmm. they'll, they'll do me a little favor if I ask. And if they want to talk to me, you know, send them, send them my way. I mean, my, my phone number or whatever. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to 
anybody. You know, I, I, I don't turn down interviews. I don't turn down any kind of, you know, opportunities. So, yeah. And which is not, which is the reason I say that is because that's not how my attitude always was. You know, one of my regrets is that maybe I took it, took a lot of what was happening for granted or, or didn't really appreciate it as fully as I should have. And I learned my lesson on that, you know. You think you didn't take advantage because, of certain things? Not advantage of certain things, mm-hmm. but I think that, that I had the wrong attitude. I think that I got so caught up in what was so busy and so grueling about what I was doing that sometimes I didn't always appreciate it mm. as much as I should have. Well, you were also and, very young, too. Yeah. It's funny. They say, you know, youth is, or, you know, youth is wasted on the young or whatever it yeah. is. And I, I believe you. that's true. But, you know, I, I still, I, I haven't grown up. You know, my kids are more mature than me. <laughs> no, I'm with so you, it's though. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trap. <laughs> Don't grow up. Yeah. It, it, it's really, it's really scary to to see some a lot of people that I've known for years just become different people, you know. Ooh, yeah. And I, I'm the same person in many respects. I like the same things that I do. I like to improve at things that I do. I still like to watch horror movies. I still like everything that I liked when I was a kid. I have toys. I have cassette tapes. I have movies and VHS and stickers and. I'm just, I'm a kid at heart, you know, I'm still, still filled with this energy. I like still creating and just not, not afraid of getting old in, in age, just afraid of getting old in losing passion for what it is I feel I'm supposed to do and the reason I'm here. It's all very important to me. It really is. And you found, you found that purpose, I think. Yeah, very, very young, very young. It is a good thing to appreciate. Um, you, your band again, it really has affected and influenced a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I never, I never get tired of of hearing that, and I don't, I, I definitely appreciate it, and I don't, you know, hear it and forget about it. It sticks, you know. I talk to fans all the time. I like to hear their thoughts. I like to hear their problems and. I try to help anyone who has a problem, you know, if I can do anything. Anybody that's going to take the time to know who I am and appreciate what I do, it's only fair that I reciprocate as much as I can, you know. Yeah, I'm glad that you are down to earth and not this pretentious musician that we see time and time again, really. Yeah, I know. I I I I see it too, and I just don't understand it because it's not something that I mean, even in my darkest days, I don't think I've ever been someone you couldn't approach. Yeah, well, you and, don't you don't come from that though. That's not who you are. That's what I realized. Right. Yeah, man, that's that's right. not who, that's not you. Right. I don't even know you, and I, I mean, could say that. <laughs> I'm sure there was a time or two when I was, you know, maybe had the flu or something, and somebody came up to me, and I was maybe a little grouchy, a little dickish, and uh, tiny bit. Well, that's well, life, though, man. You know, it happens. Well, my rule is, if you're, if someone is a dick to me, I'm a dick. I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger dick to them. You know, I, I don't 
you know, I'm very good at putting somebody in their place if they need to be put in a place, but I don't enjoy that. I enjoy more enjoy a positive experience um, with people. And I don't think that I can be, don't think that I've been a dick to anyone. It's certainly possible. And there could be a difference of opinion, <laughs> someone out there, but oh, yeah. I never intentionally would have, would have done that. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to, I, I, I would have been guilt ridden. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. So, I mean, if I have, I apologize to that person or people, but I, I don't think so. I don't think so. So earlier, being sick and oh, on tour ahead. is really hard. Being sick and on and just being on tour, I mean, that's all I just wanted to say. It's just difficult. Oh yeah, man. Even even having an, having a headache and trying to come on here <laughs> on the air is really annoying. Yeah. Well, I always have a headache, but <laughs> I'm used to that. You're used to that, yeah. But uh, yeah. But I just got over being really sick, actually, for the last three days. And Ooh. Why I sound a little nosely. <laughs> um, Kids got you sick, I had right? like a, I had, I don't know, just had a, like a, like a quick flu, like a really bad chest infection. Oh. I was like coughing up, coughing up bloody stuff and then Ooh. just, it's gone, just Wait. went away, but I'm still nasally, you know. Remember to, congested. remember to load up on vitamin C pills. I, I've been taking them now for, oh, yeah. yeah, for the past, I think six, seven months now, I've just been taking them pretty regularly and, I'm not mm-hmm. feeling anything like I used to. I feel so much better. Yeah, I know that vitamin C. I I drink vitamin water like, like it's like it's going out of style, and I, it does wonders. My my immune system. I, I sometimes I just can't believe it. I can feel like I'm dying one second, and the next day I feel 100% better. And I rarely get sick, so that's a plus. I love to, you know. Yeah, I'm very. I'm not a health I'm not a health nut or anything, but I do a little while exercise and um definitely drink, you know, vitamins and get my veg- vegetables and all that stuff. Very good, very good. And of course, I saw the name uh, Stevo in the chat room and of course you mentioned him. Are you mm-hmm. still talking to him on a regular basis? No. Oh, not mm-hmm. anymore. Okay. Mm-mm. A lot. Of, the last time I saw him was at Ryan Dunn's funeral. Oh no! And in, in yeah, in Los Angeles. Mm. And um, I think you know we just. I think a lot. I don't know if a lot of those guys are in touch with each other. They might be, but I mean, I think you know. I have a feeling they don't really speak to each other too often. Probably not, because I don't think they're doing projects together. You know, um, I certainly would. You know, definitely welcome, you know, a phone call or an email from from him. But it's just, you know, we're on different things. We're not we're not in situations where we run into each other a yeah. lot, you know. And so much has changed, it's, it's, you know. Yeah, so much changed. has changed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, my goodness. Well, Darren, uh, I'm blown away. I'm totally surprised I got <laughs> a hold of you here tonight. Oh, I appreciate it for sure. Oh yes, and right before I, I was going to let you go, now I'm seeing the name Johnny Knoxville and and all these other people. Out of out of mm-hmm. this, out of all the all the names and the cast of characters that we've seen over the years, I'm curious. Out of all these people, and I'm not sure if you could even say this, but who exactly was your favorite out of all these personalities? 
Well, they're all, you know, they were all my friends. Just personally, so, to you. Not on camera. Personally, like, just to you. who did I think was funny? Yeah, like, who was the cool? Funniest? Like, who was, you know, like, who was, like, a good friend of yours at one point? If that even existed. Well, Chris, Chris Rabb is one of my best friends to this day. I mean, we, he, we saw each other two days ago. We hang out all the time. Um, you know, Ryan Dunn was, was a really good friend. Um, I just lo- I like all those guys. I would never want to, want to pick somebody over, you know, over everybody else. But, you know, Brandon DiCamello was hilarious, is probably one of the funniest and most talented people I know. Maybe I worded that wrong. Maybe I should, I should have said, who was <laughs> it that you were closer to? Um, well, Bam was, me and Bam were best friends for a long time, and that's no longer um, what's the what the deal is. You know, I feel kind um, of I feel kind of like a dick, but I'm gonna sort of uh, say this, even though I don't want to. But you know, I I did put him in my celebrity death pool list. What what does that mean? Well, I do something called well, celebrity like a- death pool, and you know, I, I added all sorts of people, and uh, Bam was someone that I didn't want to add at all. And lots of people oh, that, were pressuring Deadpool. me to do that. What does what Deadpool mean? Like, oh, I know well, it's a movie. No, no, no. No, 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 not Deadpool. You mean people that you think are... Correct. Like, people that you think are going to pass away? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I feel really bad. I mean, I, I put people there that I like, you know. It's not to disparage anyone. Not at all. I, I just thought, God damn, I, yeah. I, hope, I, hope, I hope that's not true. Well, yeah, I know a lot. More than the average person does. Um, there's a lot of incorrect information online about Bam. I haven't t- spoken to him in a long time. Yeah, I hear you. Um, per his choice, not mine. Um, I think he's being manipulated by people. Uh-oh. And uh, that keeps him from speaking to me. But at the same time, it's very rather obvious he may not be speaking to many people because of his condition, but yeah. I really, I really couldn't say. I, I wish him the best. I hope that he does recover, and I hope he's, you know, one day willing to step up and do the best he can to fix the situation because it's not good and it's not even anywhere close to as good as people think it is. It's much much worse so yeah i mean who who knows you know he's he's strong enough and smart enough to bounce back and if he wanted if he wants to he can do it i'm with you on that one yeah he could do it i i don't i certainly don't want to be somebody who influences that or or uh puts that out there it's not it's not my business unless he wants it to be my business. Understood. And adding on to that, you know, Steve-O, he had a very up-and-down relationship with drugs throughout his whole life. We all did. We all did. There wasn't a single one of us. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. But not like, not not like Steve-O, one though. Of but not like him. Well, Brandon Novak totally... You know, recovered that's, from that's going into the addiction. Yeah, that's going into the abyss with Novak there. If you think about heroin addicts, it's hard to believe when they say they're sober. They've been sober for so long. The last person that you can believe is a drug addict, if you've ever known one. So I hope it's true. 
because it definitely seems like he is recovered fully, and I hope that's true. And I'm I'm very proud of him. You know. Yeah. The last time I saw but Steve. We were, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Steve O. Same thing. I mean, the, they what made all of us, you know, indulge or overindulge in those things were for different reasons. But I know that for those guys doing all the stunts, you know, they were in so much pain all the time. They had to. You know, and what do you do when you're in pain? You take painkillers. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, it it just crept up on everybody, and we all became overindulgers in toxic materials, and which is expected living that sort of um that sort of oh, lifestyle yeah. they were living. And at you the time. you don't even give it a second glance. You know, it's just part of the culture, and you either. You either learn moderation, or you learn to stay away, or you or you continue to do it until till the end. But Definitely. you know, yeah. And by the way, the last time I saw Steve-O, he was next to Mike Tyson. <laughs> They're doing like a show. Would, yeah. Well, I'm that's great for him. I'm glad that he's still you know pursuing, and he's very funny and talented. Yeah, he's still. They all were. Yeah, he still. Looks Everybody great. had their talents. Yeah. So. When I saw him and he spoke at Ryan's funeral, he definitely was a lot sharper than I had ever seen him or heard him. So there's definitely some, there was definitely a change there. So that's great. But I just hope everybody is, everybody who's claiming they're sober, I hope they really are and I wish them the best. Now this is why I'm saying you kind of probably dodged a bullet there if you would have stuck around, my friend. Yeah. yeah something like this could have happened to you. Yeah, well, Never thankfully know. I don't have an I don't have an addictive personality. Ah, yeah, that's the key right there. An addictive, addictive mm-hmm. personality. Um, I've I've almost been there myself a couple times. Mm-hmm. Certain things, so you know. It wasn't that I was. It wasn't ever. I certainly had my over more than my share of alcohol, but I was not. I don't consider myself an alcoholic because I can drink one day and then not drink for a month. You know, not even think about it. And it's not something I need to have. It's like just something that if I feel like it, you so, know, if I want to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. But I, I don't, uh, you know. Are you are you just completely straight and narrow now? Or are you basically straight edge? No, not I've about. never been straight edge. Okay. No, I, I I've learned moderation because what I found what I find with like things like AA is that people that tend to talk about how they don't drink anymore it's still alcohol in their lives it's instead of alcohol being their problem it's not wanting to do it or having trouble not doing it that's the problem so they're still their lives are still kind of run by alcohol they're just not drinking it so they have to find ways and support from other people to get them to not go back to it that's that's what an alcoholic is. The dry drunk. But if yeah, my but goodness. if you can exactly dry drunk. Right. But if you can if you can have you know a shot of a shot of Jameson or you know a glass of wine and and maybe a little more and then say oh okay I'm good that's fine I'm done that's that's the key point where I think everybody would want to be and you know i can do that i can have a glass a glass or two of wine and say and you're, i'm good you're cool I, yeah i can turn i can turn down a third you know I'll say, oh, I'm done. you know that's good i'm good that's good for me as long as I'm you done. keep it natural you're good i i say yeah 
as my, if you're if I definitely I don't like being hungover. I I remember my hangovers used to be so horrible, and I don't like the blackouts that 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 come with yeah, those, overindulging. Yeah, those not suck. knowing when to stop. Oh yes, many blacked out nights drinking mm-hmm. um uh, drinking Jägermeister. Mm-hmm. Oh God, we had a Jäger, we had a Jägermeister. Uh... Oh no. <laughs> yeah, we had a um. <laughs> That's just that's the devil's drink. If no one, yeah. if if anybody uh, doesn't know, uh, definitely dr- go out and drink that uh, all night, and oh, you'll definitely God. you'll definitely have a story. I mean, uh, we had our <laughs> own we had our own tap on our bus on the bus. Jaeger sent us a tap. Oh no! Filled, that's, with, filled with it. That's you bad know, news. Just, yeah, it was like a it was like a soda machine, except it was Jaeger. <laughs> it was crazy. Yo, Darren. At one time, I had a jacket that was from uh jägermeister i was People, jägermeister in. yeah they were a huge supporter of, of bands and they supported us and 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 i would never you know say anything bad about jäger i you know i, think I wouldn't either great. But, and I, yeah i wouldn't either but, but it, i can't drink it anymore you have to be careful i can't I mean, drink it that be, shit it, it can be a good time but you just have to be careful you can't overdo it yeah, someone in the in the chat room says, uh, "Ew, tastes like tranny fluid." <laughs> I've never really tasted tranny fluid, so I don't know. But yeah, Jägermeister. Yeah, I don't know either. It, it doesn't it's exactly like a black licorice thing. Yeah, it, well, to me, it doesn't exactly have the best taste, but I like the no. results of what it used to do to me. But right, <laughs> blacking but out is not There was a fine cool. line, you know. There was oh, a fine God. line between the good result. And then one more sip, and then yeah. forget it. <laughs> the, the stupidest things I've ever done in life was under the influence of Jaeger. Same here. <laughs> Good lord. Yep, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that anymore. I don't really even drink too much alcohol these days. I try to keep it really light, really light. Yeah, I think the older you get, the, the different your your body accepts alcohol in a different way. And my body is just like, you know what, you're you're loosened up you know you don't need any more you don't need to do it anymore so if yeah. when you're able to cut yourself off it's a good it's a good thing to be to have it's a good character trait word cut yourself off yeah i still drink every enough now and, yeah i still drink a few ipas every now and then but not too yeah. many yeah. but in terms of of keeping it natural keeping it green of course i'm still doing plenty of that mm-hmm. that won't go away right a lot of my doctors have suggested that I do that, but Maybe it never really did anything for me. Maybe you should. Maybe I you might create a, a new riff that will blow us all away. Well, I think maybe that maybe the reason why I am creating riffs that blow some people away is because I don't do that. But I have done it. It That's just never thing. really did anything for me. Ah. <laughs> it didn't work on me. It doesn't work for me. Perhaps that was because you had tried a, a strain of a pot that just sort of, you know, mellowed you out a little too much and didn't really get the creative juices flowing i've done it four times in my life and the fourth time was the most enjoyable the other three times were horrendous oh no so it it really i mean the average here really isn't worth i mean if it doesn't if it didn't work i'm not gonna push the issue i'm not gonna say damn it i want this to work right i want smoking pot to work out (laughs) i gotta keep I gotta keep doing it until I get a positive experience. Uh, by the way, the guy. Yeah, I don't. By by the way, the old man that you heard talking, he mm-hmm. is an amazing grower, not just of weed, but of all sorts of things. He's uh, he's just well, an yeah. Amazing... He was talking about 
He he's a Harvard. He's a doctor, right? Word. He's was he a doctor? He and he's he, incredible, really. He has just done it all. He's a wealth of knowledge, and he's an expert in agriculture. And and the guy the guy is like Yoda. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> well, he sounded like my friend Brett. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find out who that is so I could hear him. Brad Hoffman. Oh, he's from Malevolent. He was in Malevolent Creation. He had the sickest voice, sickest voice I ever heard. Wow. And just got cancer and Ooh. talked to him two days before he died. It, neither one of us had any idea that that's what, what was going to happen two days later. Yeah, it's that's just horrible. It's just horrible. It just destroyed me. It crushed me. It still does. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. That's... I don't grieve very well. I don't grieve very well. I don't. I never go through the process. I kind of tend to put it in the back of my mind and and pretend that people are still there just they're just not keeping in touch you know yeah they're on a, a long you, vacation yeah yeah it's very very difficult for me so no i'm, I'm not you. very good at i'm not very good at the grief process yeah it's hard for me to visit those in the hospital too yeah i can't that's why i, I can't go i can't go to funerals i mean i went to ryan's funeral but his real one was in ohio but um, it was pretty much just you know a gathering of friends to pay their respects, and I I I can do that, but I can't I can't go to a funeral where the body is there and and everyone around is devastated and it's just it's not for me. It doesn't mean I mean I mean I definitely don't mean any disrespect by not showing up at a funeral. It's just something that I can't do. It's not. It's, I don't really believe that that's the way to say goodbye to somebody. I think that that people can have their own ways of coming up with that closure. You know. Oh yes. I don't need to see the shell of my friend. You know, he's no longer in that body. I don't need to see the body. Yeah, it's always a trip when you go to a wake. Yeah, I haven't been to one since my great grandmother's and my grandma made me touch her and I, was, I just didn't I didn't have, like that at yeah, all it must have freaked you out then yeah yeah it was it's it's creepy yeah death is not a, an easy concept mm -mm. that's yeah, why I'm so reason. that's why I you know I focus so much on that topic because it's such a such a strange part of life it is it, it creeps me out I don't really even like talking about it on the program too much but I yeah, do. It's, I it's, difficult. it's strange that it that after all of this, there usually for most people it's a painful end. You know, it's not always painful, but for most people their end is painful. Yeah. It's just like why do we have to go through such great things and bad things and learn all this stuff only to have it end forever with pain? <laughs> you know. And everybody says, "Oh, I want to go in my sleep. How do you want to die? I want to go in my sleep." Nobody wants to go in a car accident or fight cancer for two years. Or, or drown. Or drown. Yeah, I mean, freeze to death, burn. Like, it's just, it's, no. It's just very strange that it has to be painful when it ends. Yeah, and not to mention what you leave behind. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the hard part. That's why you got to make the most of it, people. You have to do what you're, if you're thinking about doing it, do it just do it. Because what, what do you got to lose? You know, you want to do something, do it. If it doesn't hurt anybody else, you're not doing anything wrong. Indeed. So, Darren, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. I, I kind of even want to invite you uh, to even ride shotgun 
every now and then when I bring on one of these guests, I think you would actually enjoy yourself riding shotgun here. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah, man. I think you would have a great time talking to a lot of these individuals I bring on the program. I feel you would get some. I like, you know, I love debating. I love, I love debates. I love, uh, talking about art, you know, anything, you know, I, 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 I like to talk about, you know, conventional things. I like to talk about controversial things. I like to just anything, you know, I have opinions on everything. I love to express myself. Yeah, man. I'm going to have to definitely bring you back on again, uh, very much in the near future. We would love it. Oh yes. So again, I want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program here. And, uh, Darren, go ahead and plug anything you'd like, my friend. Well, uh, the band 96 Bitter Beings that I'm in just came out with our first record called Campaign, like C- not C-A-M-P-A-I-G-N, the word campaign. It was from a campaign of people that donated to have it recorded, but the album is called Camp Pain, C-A-M-P space P-A-I-N. It's available on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify. I have physical copies of CDs that almost sold out of. Um, yeah, like I said, you could get it on all those in all those stores. And uh, check it out. Visit my Facebook. Uh, visit the band's Facebook. I think it's uh, Facebook 96BB Music and. Um, I'll see everybody on tour. <laughs> Amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Darren. Thank you again for stopping in. And Alrighty. Yeah, man, I'm going to email you um, pretty soon and see what you think of uh, certain individuals and see if that will interest you enough to jump back on in here. Okay, great. Sounds good. All right, my friend. Take care and stay safe out there. I will. You too. And thank you, everybody. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, that was Darren Miller of CKY and, of course, his other band, 96 Better Beans. Great band indeed. Now, I'm looking at the time, and wow, we really went over. It is that time for a little break, so stick with me here, folks. We'll be right back after this little break, and I'm going to see if we have Daniel here and get into all sorts of trouble with our friend Daniel Hopsicker. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, how's everyone doing out there? I do apologize for those who were trying to call in just now. I had to shut a few things off here. And of course, this is the second half of the program, which won't go on too long. I noticed through all the mayhem during the break there, I called Daniel and, well, he is a little bit busy at the time, this current time really. And I think he might have even been a little bit annoyed since we ran kind of late. That and I think he might have 
misunderstood what I was telling him. I think he thought that I was trying to get rid of him and interview him at a much later time, which is all good. All good. And of course, I did have one special announcement to make. But before I do, I do want to apologize to Star there. I believe it was you who tried to call in uh, on Skype. And my computer is very strange tonight. I'm not quite sure what the hell is going on with it. Also, Skype updated itself, which I'm very angry with. Because I'm not using the old version of Skype anymore. It's the new updated version of Skype, which is just awful. Not quite sure if any of you are, are using Skype at all, but holy shit, is it bad. I don't like it. It is the worst. I'm not quite sure what Microsoft was thinking, so now what I'm going to have to do is go back and try my best to... Because now there's that horrible uh, sound that's playing here that you can't disable in the new version of Skype for whatever reason. And, uh, Star, is that you? Yes, it is. What's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? Well, I'm trying to trying to fix this here. Uh, all sorts of things went wrong before the program started and, of course, during the program. Lots of strange hiccups uh, every couple minutes here. Well, at the beginning, yeah, there was the, <coughs> excuse me, everything kind of blanked out for a little bit, and then you got everything together, and the whole interview with DKC or DCK, DKC. Uh, you're talking about Darren. Us, pardon me? Uh, Darren. Yes, Darren. I'm sorry. Yes, that was excellent. I even went on YouTube and looked up his channel and bookmarked it, so I'm going to do some catching up, but that was so awesome. 42. God, he did sound like he was 21. He had the youngest sounding voice, he and he really had young. that music sounding voice. I, I just... I. I can't wait to hear his stuff. He's a great musician, a very good musician, and I'm glad you caught that. It's too bad we couldn't get a hold of the second guest. Well, I got a hold of him, but, I, again, I think he misunderstood what I, what I was telling him. Who was the second guest? Uh, Daniel Hopsicker. Oh, 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 right. I, oh, I thought it was, never mind. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> never mind. You know what Daniel I'm talking about. You really thought he'd be here? Uh, hell no. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That'd be funny if he was, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, will, I, well, I wouldn't think it'd be the worst thing. I think it'd be pretty funny. I think it would be. Uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I doubt whether he would do that. So tell me about what Ladies Night is going to be about oh boy. next week. Well, I'm glad you called in to ask me that because that's what, uh, basically, what I was going to do here on this half of the program, just quickly announce this and then head on out and get something to eat since I'm starving here. I thought I'd just end the show a little bit earlier tonight. But, of course, again, this is the second half of the program, usually where we let our hair down and uh, have some fun. My hair is always down. Your hair is always down. Nice. And, of course, this show is designed for all walks of life out there, from the academics to the regular everyday man to the skeptics and mystics to the social dregs of society. The, the My hair is always down. Tells <laughs> me boobs. Very nice. Oh, yes. So, of course, this program is for, for the social dregs of society and, and all the degenerates and the lost and the forgotten 
Uh, all are welcome here on the program. I just want all of you to know that. That's also part of the announcement, by the way, Star. Cool. I was listening. Oh, yes. Got to let them know. So, yes, I've got so, an announcement to make, Star. Vanessa is going to be on as a co-host. Yeah, okay. she, she'll she be there. Woo! So, here we go. As all of you out there know, I like to try different things every now and then here on the program. You know that, Star. Yes, I do. So, Star, next week, I'll be trying something pretty different here. Next week will be an all-ladies show. It will be ladies' night. Yes. A panel of just women. What could go wrong? Oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, you get that many women in a room together, there's bound to be some drama or some well, conflict. Well, well, you see the drama when you get a room full of men together. Sometimes, Only a yeah. kind of drama, but it's still <laughs> drama. What can I that's, say? That's true. So I, I do look forward to that. That's going to be fun. This is something completely new. I've never done anything like that before where we just have nothing but women on the program. Cool. Well, we have Vanessa. Who else do we have as guests? Hold on one second here. I just want to give all of you a heads up. I have invited Eve Lorgan to also be a guest. Yes, yes, yes. I remember. Yes, she's definitely in. She's excited, very happy. She'll definitely be a very interesting person to talk to. Yes, she's awesome. You've had her on before, and I love her. Oh, she's great. She was also very, um, I guess, interested in this whole ladies' night. Very fascinated by the idea. Okay, who else? I want to know who I'm going to be talking with. Well, hold on. There will also be three other women co-hosting, and one of them I don't even know. I think one of them, her name is um Clarissa. Don't know who she is, but she's... That's a pretty name. That's a very pretty name. And yes, it is. I'm not exactly sure who she is, but she is a friend of one of the girls that I'm going to be uh, bringing in here. Cool. So that's that's going to be pretty different. So we'll be in good company. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. There'll, there'll be other women, and hopefully this also attracts a whole different group of um, listeners out there. This should be a very different, unique show. It, it really is, because what I noticed when it's a male-dominant, male-driven program, it seems like the, the women get a little bit intimidated, Star. No, not at all. You don't think so? You're, no, no, no. You're the host of your show, and many of your guests are male, but you've had many female guests, too. Sure, There's, sure. Well, no problem. It's your show, and... Everyone you have on has been really, really good. Well, most of everybody. And I don't remember who wasn't really that interesting, but I don't care. Your it's show, be fun. for the most part, is like 98% kick-ass. It will be a bit of a rattlesnake. That's what World of Dreams I just said in the chat room, and I agree. It, it will be a bit of a rattlesnake, and, of course, three other women will be co-hosting. I don't know about you out there, but... I'm thinking if this goes on to be somewhat successful, I might even have to do this regularly. So we've got Vanessa Longren and who was the other? Yeah, who were the others? I'm sorry. Right. We have Vanessa and we have Eve Lorgan, who is the main guest, and uh, L'Oreal, or L'Oreal. L'Oreal. Laura Lee, rather. 
or Lorelai. I'm not quite sure well, how we should pronounce her name. Oh, my cousin's name is Lorelai, but I don't think it's the same person. No, it's not your cousin. <laughs> but Lorelai, definitely she will be in the house. Awesome. And uh, Seraphine will be here as well. Oh, I'll so be here. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. And I will call in, I promise. I have no idea what to expect. I really don't. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Oh, my. It's going to be crazy, I think. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That's true. It is. It's going to be fantastic. And I, I'm thinking, you know, if it goes any way that I'm speculating here, I'm thinking this might turn something bigger than I ever thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I asked multiple women to uh, be on, and all of them were so receptive of this idea. Again, it really got me thinking, we might capture lightning in a bottle here, folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if this segment goes well, I mean really well. Hey, um, we're going to have fun. That might turn into a monthly or weekly segment, maybe even its own entire separate program. Oh, if it's a monthly, you'll definitely get some exciting uh, shows. I'm telling you, if it turns out well, I'll be doing a whole different program. It, it will be called Ladies' Night with Michael Deacon. Yeah. Amazing. I, you just might get some YouTube bucks. I hope. Uh, I hope. Too. I need I need more people to donate. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. People soon need to donate uh, as soon as possible. That, that's and true. I will be donating to uh, streamlabs.com slash end of days. For my donation. Or just go to michaeldeacon.com and hit the PayPal button there. Or do that too. A little bit easier instead of going to uh, Streamlabs. Oh. Personally, okay. I think it might be easier, but. Well, whichever one I can use PayPal with. Word. michaeldeacon.com, right-hand side of your screen. Ladies and gentlemen, please feel free to donate any amount you'd like. Remember that all the money... It really just goes back to paying for the server and all this crap, the the live stream. Exactly. That's the one I usually use, too, by the way. Yeah, speaking of which, I've been having trouble with the service provider. Okay. Why? Uh, well, th no. their service has oh, been... Ahead. Yeah, their service has been kind of strange. I'm thinking I might even move to a different server, to be honest with you. Because um, when I'm doing the show and it ends... Uh, the people that are listening on TuneIn, they get this really weird reverse uh sounding sort of episode or, or speech. It's like hmm. all reversed and slowed down and, and unusual. That's really not supposed to be uh doing that. Are you sure you're just not on shrooms? No, not at all. Okay. It's been a while. I do. Yeah, I could I could simply say that is the issue with the with the um Server Maybe the server's on shrooms. Maybe. That that could be true. <laughs> that could be very true. And speaking of shrooms, uh, the doc, the doctor was very, very high energy tonight, Mr. Oh, Mr. God, Miller. that was such a good show tonight. That was so awesome. Did you like that interview? I loved it. I love his laugh. Yeah, his laugh, he has one of the best laughs I've ever heard. He's spot on. Yeah, he, he's he's really a great guy, and can't wait to bring him on. And you know, Darren Miller, who who showed up here, he was planned to be the first guest tonight. However, I, I didn't hear back from him for a while, and I thought, oh, he m must have dipped out or had a maybe had a gig or something. But he called in. 
I'm glad he did. That was that was a good episode. And uh he he sounds he has an excellent sense of humor and he knows what he's talking about. And it's he's almost like the Buddha, which is life is really a joke and death is a punchline and then there is like a cast party afterwards. It just he's so cool. He's a great guy. And I am very serious about bringing him back and letting yeah. him uh, be a co-host here at times. Awesome. Oh, that would be very cool. Yeah, he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot on his mind, I could definitely tell. So I think if he would be here and and interact with the other guests and stuff, I, I think he will really open up to everyone here. That would be excellent. Hey, I hope. Well, it's probably a little late tonight for Max Cole to call in, but <laughs> I sure hope he calls in next week. I, yeah, I think he might have. I think he might have booked it. I think he's he. a great big gang hug. I think he <laughs> might have uh, left to go get something to eat. Oh well, I don't blame him. It's that time. Yeah, it's that time. Oh yes, I'm getting hungry here. So, Star, I do want to thank you for uh, giving me a call here. Well, I thank you for taking it. No problem. Okay. All right, sir. We'll talk again soon. Okie doke. Have a good night. All right. Good night. Take care. Good night. And there she goes. That was Star. I definitely want to remind all of you to go to MichaelDeacon.com. If you missed any episode, all episodes are posted there. And, of course, if you have any funny impersonations of myself or other listeners, please feel, please feel free uh, to send those in. That, that's Michael. End of days at gmail.com, Michael end of days at gmail.com. Or maybe if you have maybe some comments or concerns, definitely email, email those in and I'll get right back to you. I hope you enjoyed that episode here tonight. It was fun speaking to Dr. Richard Allen Miller and of course Darren Miller, two Millers. Pretty amazing how that worked out. Had a great time talking to them, and of course I had a great time doing the program here tonight, even though I did have a slight headache, and all the equipment went to shit here tonight, but that's okay, we were still able to recover, and the program just went smoothly after that. Pretty surprised, but that's just the way it goes. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. It's crazy. I had no idea they should have used it before something came to it. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the bud tender, you see that nip on there, I said, well, see, you know, you're I'll bring you back, you're not comfortable. Yeah, that's what I want. Just for what it's worth, I want to put in my defense to tell you both that you have one of the most incredibly well-rounded shows. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive with us. Now you say you keep saying us. Terrorists. Flawless victory.